All right, welcome to Speak Your Peace podcast. My name is Ian McNaughton. Joining me over Zoom, SYP creator Ravisher Dollywall. Ravi, what's going on, big guy? What's happening? Uh, not much, man. We're just just a. We're falling behind. Tomorrow. We're falling. I got a free twenty. I was gonna say we're falling behind right. on classes. Uh, yeah, I try that. The reason I'm not gonna be on top of the football much today is because I didn't look at even who's playing because I've been on top of school. I'm trying to keep track of it. Try to keep track of that. Make sure I don't get behind because that's the last thing I want right now, especially my fourth year. Uh, we are doing this uh, Saturday night, September 18th. I can't think of anything better to do on a Saturday night than potting with one of my friends. Feet's going to some dump like the goat. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go into. Let's get into the all spreads. Right. All right. All right. I want to talk. I want to. There's three things I want to talk about football this week. Okay. Sure. First thing, uh, we're coming off the Giants uh, for, team, formerly known as R Words, uh, from the Thursday night game. The highlight of that game was not Taylor Heineke throwing a late interception. There was highlights in that game. Uh, well, the highlight of that game was JD McKissick gave me 15 fantasy points. Yeah. And then everybody, and then everybody's pissed off because Antonio Gibson, uh, doesn't get that touchdown and JD McKissick doesn't. <laughs> I'm the one guy who starts McKissick. So yeah. I'm a genius. Um, second thing I want to talk about, I also have Aaron Rodgers in one of my fantasy leagues. Um, I don't know who, who are the Packers. Oh, they're home on Monday night against Detroit. If Rogers doesn't go off against the fucking lions at home on Monday night, after putting up 1.32 points the week before <laughs> he's on my trading block. <laughs> I don't think anyone's taking 1.32 points still. <laughs> Is anyone taking that? I think there are some people who are like, Oh, this guy's washed or this guy doesn't care about football enough. There's definitely those takes. Yeah. I mean, I think he'll be who are they playing today? Or they're, tomorrow, playing the, they're playing the Lions on Monday night. Monday. Oh, that at least it's a Monday night game, and they could show off that he's better at, than... at, at home. At home against the Lions. Yeah, I mean, okay, that should be light work realistically, but I mean, I don't know. I I can't handle another 1.32 weekend. <laughs> I, I what if just, he gives you like 0.6 it just like it turns into like a half like for he just cuts in half each yeah, time it's even it's, worse and he doesn't even like complete any passes he's just like three for three <laughs> any passes they put in the backup yeah and they put in jordan love in like the start oh. start the second half and it's just like i fucking hate this game uh shout out to uh dexter lawrence he won me 12 dollars on on thursday if it wasn't for that, I'm 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 out of my free bet. But that 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 was enough for me to cash out all my money, so I don't have like fifty bucks in my bank in my betting account. There's something a fifty dollar minimum. That, that we, we we need to do a um. Who are you with? Are you with a a Bodog or who do you bet with? Uh, bet three six five. Uh, bet three six five. Uh, we should get a bet three six five sponsorship or some sort of like yeah. advertisement where it's just like, listen, if you give us some money to sponsor your podcast. Uh, we will use that to gamble on your website. Yeah, and I'll get addicted like chronically, and then they're like, "Oh, chronically," and then they just like, give us like, <laughs> give us all these free bets. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like you you know we we will like what is it? We will give you site credit up to five hundred dollars <laughs> for your first miss like 
if you don't if your parlay doesn't succeed by like one or something it's like we will give you up to 500 site credit must be used by october 17th join today using promo code speak your bets or something yeah <laughs> something. Uh, what's the what was the other thing you're saying uh the third thing i wanted to mention the lines changed on this but the seahawks were favored at five and a half against the titans earlier in the week now it's up to six and a half um this is the first Seahawk game with fans with a full crowd since 29 December 2019 in Seattle. In Seattle. Damn, it's been a while. Put your money on the Hawks. Yeah, I mean I was going to do that anyways. I think I was going to I I don't know if I put that 6.5. They gave me another $20 bet. These guys are like banking on me like turning into chronic gambler which I haven't so far. It's been two years, so I probably won't. Hopefully, give me fifty dollars site credit to put on it. Yeah, <laughs> I will do it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the game. I might low key Cowboys might be good, but uh, I'll I'll let you finish. Uh, well, the well, the thing was that the Titans got blown out last week by the Cardinals. Yeah, and, and if the Cardinals, who are not that great of a team, or at least they weren't last year defensively, if they can shut down the Titans. I, I think the Seahawks can figure it out. Yeah. Shut down Titans. Yeah, Although sure. Derrick, what... Derrick Henry is a man, man. <laughs> Tannehill isn't, though. <laughs> I have uh, somewhere. Um, oh, somewhere. <laughs> what about uh, what's the, the guy they picked up this year? Fucking, what's the name? I already forgot his name. How do I forget his name? He's literally one of the best. Yeah, that's how, that's how highly. That's how highly. Julio is. Jones didn't get him. Oh, yeah. Um. They have that he's guy too. Good. But he he's kind of good. Tan- he needs Tannehill to be to help him be good. Um, yeah. and my le- my latest quarterback rankings for this season, I have Ryan Tannehill at seventeenth behind Where's Fitzpatrick. Uh, I have him twenty first. Okay. Uh, Tannehill seventeenth ahead of Trevor Lawrence behind Kirk Cousins. Okay. Ahead of Jameis Winston. Ooh. Uh, I mean, it's been one game. I can't say anything. It's been one yeah, game. Yeah, no, exactly. He, he had a good first game. Only so, 150 yards. We had five touchdowns. Well, yeah, and, like, a few of those were, like, one of them was, like, a jump ball to the tight end, and then the other was, like, a total pick play that the receiver was, yeah. like, wide open, and the Packers defenders, like, pointing, like, pick anything and, yeah. like, <laughs> touchdown Saints. <laughs> Um, and then they start playing when the Saints come marching in. Um, is there a game that you're really excited for that you're really looking forward to uh, watching this weekend? I don't know. Uh, Cowboys Chargers, uh, if it wasn't, the, I don't know. It's like fun to watch when there's fans and they're playing the Chargers in LA. So I don't know about that, but Cowboys Chargers, I'm intrigued on just because, well, from a gambling standpoint too, just because Cowboys are underdogs where, Last week I bet against them because I was like no brainer. But this week, like the Cowboys played good last last week and like they they barely lost. Um, I, I would admire. I think Cowboys are, are the good underdog bet this week against the Chargers, in my opinion. What's the spread um, on that? Uh, minus three for the Chargers. Oh yeah, I would take the Cowboys. Yeah, I would. I think I might put my twenty dollar free bet on the Cowboys because that's like that's like twenty two dollars or something I'm making right there. I'll take that. What's <laughs> if I what's if they the, win? What's the um. What's the money line on that? Uh, plus one forty. I take the char- I, take, or I take the Cowboys. Yeah, I take the Cowboys for sure. I think I might do that. 
and I'll put like a little two dollar, three dollar parlay on something else, just to, just just to satisfy my gambling. Just to have some rooting interest so at least on, a, on, a, on a Sunday, just to have some rooting yeah. interest. <laughs> um, Chiefs Ravens is gonna be a tough one. That's on Sunday night. That's gonna be a good game, though. Um, yeah, Chiefs Ravens and probably. Um, the, well, I was gonna say part of the reason why there's, you know, they're gonna say like the reason why there's no fan to the Chargers games is because you know the four oh five is backed up with people trying oh to get in God. and. You know, so many fans try to get in. Uh, but, but they're all gonna be Chargers fans, anyways, or uh, they're all gonna be uh, Cowboys fans, anyways. Yeah, they're, all, be... they're, they're doing uh, Cowboys chance at the last game, like the Bucks game last week. Do you know, that, of the... do you know that meme of like, uh, I think South Park did it where they were doing like new NFL, but uh, like it was just like sarcastical, like some made up <laughs> sport, like it wasn't actually any NFL. But there is this meme of like one Chargers fan all just sitting by himself. Uh, I want to see if I can find it. If I can find this image and send it to you. But it's really funny. <laughs> the Chargers don't have a lot of fans. Uh, or at least I shouldn't say that. Chargers don't have a lot of fans in LA. They should be back in San Diego, man. I never really got that move, the LA move for them. The, yeah, exactly. Oh, here it is. This is it. Um, I want to see if I can uh, copy link address. I'm figuring out technology while I'm uh, talking about this. Uh, put it in the... Uh, see if you can... Let's see this. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, see if you can see that photo. Um, uh, spe- I don't know if my camera's gone for a second. No, your camera's gone. That's fine, uh, but I'll carry the conversation. It's just one Chargers fan, oh, slightly obese, eating nachos by himself uh, with nobody around him <laughs> except for, like, fish. <laughs> that's Chargers fans. Oh, that is, that's literally it. That's actually funny. That's a good one. I like that one. Um, um, speaking of uh, Bucks earlier, uh, my prediction is the Falcons go up by 30 and, and there'll be two minutes left in, in, the, in the fourth quarter <laughs> and, and Tom Brady just does, like, a two-minute drill of like football and just wins the game or something. Onside kick recovered after onside kick recovered after onside kick yeah. recovered. And they just lay like, was it the Falcons or the Cowboys last year who on the onside kick just like looked at the ball? Even that was though the, they did they realized like they didn't. They had the Falcons that? versus the Cowboys and the, it was, Oh, it was that game. <laughs> yes, and the Cowboys were trying to attempt an onside uh, kick and like, yeah, it was a, they're like, hey, you guys can pick a, it up. It was a poor onside kick, and it like basically like a golf putt. Oh, it yeah, just like yeah. bent like five yards, but none of the Falcons players were like, no, I'm not touching it. You touch it. Well, we yeah, can't touch it. You touch it. It's like it's like no, then they're like, oh, wait, or oh, wait, we're receiving. We can just pick it off. <laughs> yeah. They're just so stupid. And then it got to 10 yards, it's like, well, now we are gonna touch it because we're allowed to touch it. It's like, oh fuck, no, don't touch it, please, don't go out. <laughs> And then the Cowboys got it. Uh, and Falcons, I just watched a video on like Falcons choking last year. It was really funny. It was a good video. All the games that they blew. The Chargers yeah, and the Falcons actually last year had like a game against one another, which is like <laughs> both, it wasn't even a choke job. It should both teams just not trying to win it, essentially. Like both teams just like, okay, neither one of you really want this win, do you? Like the final score turned out to be 23 20. It's like you guys are much better than this, but. Why? <laughs> okay. 
any other NFL football gambling? Uh, what's your bet to take? I guess tomorrow, like money line bet, just so for twenty dollars. <laughs> I think it's Cowboys for me, but if I think Cowboys is a good one. Um, which I don't actually even know what Bengals Bears is pretty even. It's minus two Bears, but I I wouldn't mind yeah. taking Bengals there because I I know they're gonna they're gonna do what they did last week. The Bears. <laughs> they're gonna do, they're gonna do the thing. The Bears are so painful to watch. I know. Um, I like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's probably favored, but to to beat Las Vegas, I like Pittsburgh. They're at home. I think yeah. the Raiders are coming uh, off a short week, and they got to go to Pittsburgh. I know Tom you have to, looked, or Tom Ben looked a bit. Uh, I, I know, I know, I know. That's that's the problem with betting the Steelers that you're putting faith in Big Ben, which is like not the thing to do, but. Yeah, in 2021. Like their defense, I'm I'm pretty sure will shut the Raiders down to like three touchdowns or less. And I think the Steelers offense can get more than three touchdowns against the Raiders. Um God, Denver Jacksonville, that might be an awful game. Um hmm, who else is there? Mm, God, these games are really close. I might take Arizona. Sorry, Arizona against Minnesota. Minnesota uh, did not look. Basically, I watched the Seahawks game last week, and then once yeah. the Seahawks game transitioned from the Seahawks to the Vikings Bengals, uh, yeah. that was a completely different game. Yeah, that was wild. It was a weird game. So uh, uh, I might put money on Arizona, the Steelers. I don't know. I bet against the Ra- Cowboys I don't know last if the Ra- week. If the Rams are like. Underdogs, I might put money on the Rams. Uh, Rams are not dogs, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they're, they're minus 185, minus 3.5 favorites. Yeah, I don't really like the Colts then as uh, as home. Dog. Yeah, I mean, the Colts didn't play too bad last week either. Um, yeah, I, Arizona, Arizona Steelers, um, Seattle, Char- uh, Cowboys. I don't know why I keep wanting to say Chargers, Seattle, Cowboys, Arizona. Pittsburgh, those are biggies. Lock of the week. Lock nah. of the week. <laughs> Let's just do that as my parlay now. <laughs> Pretty much. Just get that set yeah. up now and, and put $3 on it. <laughs> $3 to make $10 because they're all going to go over. <laughs> well, no, you have to throw in like some random cricket match to like. Oh, yeah. And like it's got to be like a in, in like one that's already in like in session where they're losing by like an astronomical amount where it's like impossible for them to come back. So it's like plus 50,000. It's trying to spice it up. It's like, (laughs) it's like, uh, well, I was going to say like they're three Oh, three eighty over 20. And you know, and it's just like that, that I, you know what? I believe in this team. I believe believe in it. I believe in them. All right. Let's move it on. Uh, Basically Rav and I, I think for like probably the next couple of weeks, whenever we have time, uh, we're going to be doing some redrafts for the NHL drafts that have taken place in the past. You guys sent us three different drafts that you wanted us to do. And we're going to do those three different drafts tonight. Yeah. Or today, whenever this comes out, uh, we're going to be doing the 2009 NHL draft. We're going to be redrafting um, that. Yeah. This one was a weird draft. It, it was, I think it was underwhelming. It was definitely underwhelming. Well, it, it's, it's top heavy. Yeah, it very top heavy. So basically, you have. Uh, let me go back to see who's actually drafted. So basically, this was the John Navarre's Victor Hedman, 
Matt Duchesne, Evander Kane, Braden Shen, OEL, Nazem yeah. Kadri's in this draft. Uh, then, then it kind of then it kind of gets falls off from that point. It, there's a, obviously there's the guys, the main guys in there like O'Reilly and stuff, but you got you got you got some run blads, RVs in there. Uh, um, my favorite is uh, Cameron Abney, former Everett yeah. Silvertip, who uh, I could probably post this on SYP. Uh, has the one punch knockout that I saw live in person when I was still living in the states, so that was cool. Um, um, here, Jesse Blacker played one game. Uh, who else played one game? Scott Glennie played. Scott Glennie, he he uh, he also took a penalty in that game too. Um, oh, nice! That's a good start to the career, obviously. Oh yeah. So um yeah, that, that those are a, a lot of the names, some of the more significant names, uh, in this draft. So what we're gonna do? We're gonna go from twenty to one. Basically, we're gonna go from bottom to top, and we will. Each do like, uh, are you doing odd or even? Uh, I'll do even. So I guess I'll go from 20. You're going to do 20, 18, 16, et cetera. I'm going to do 19, 17, 15, et cetera. Uh, I'm just getting the team set up for um, where we're going to pick here. But are you, so are you going by like what this team needed at the time? Um, Are you going by? I tried to, at least I tried. There's a few teams where I was just like, okay, I don't know what their point of view is right now. So I'm just going to go with the the best available. Like I, for like the 20th for the, for the devil's pick at 20th, I'm pretty sure it was devil's match. I get this wrong. Yes. Uh, Then yeah. So the New Jersey devils, I had, uh, I guess, do you want to start soon or do you want to start right now? Whatever. (laughs) You you can tell me when you, who your pick is. So I guess I'll give background here. Jacob Josephson was the 20th overall pick in the, in the 2009 NHL entry draft. Uh, he was a guy that I always thought was going to be like, he, he could turn out to be like a second line player and he never ended up working. He, he went, he, I think he had his first two, he had a bit of, he had a little stint in Albany, came up for a few years, went back down. And then he, he actually was on the team for a few years, like five, six years there. Went to Buffalo and then went back to Deer Garden um, in the Swedish hockey league. Um, he's still there right now, actually. So he's still going. Um, yeah, he's guy thought it turn out. He didn't turn out. Um, so I guess for this one, I, I did try to go for what they, they could need in that season. I, I looked at their lineup and for that season, uh, 9 10, which is the next season afterwards. And they were actually first in goals. They're, they're first in goals again. So I guess they didn't need a new goalie, but Bredeur is 36, 37 at this point. Uh, getting on, he's getting on at this point. Yeah. So he's getting off. So I, I put Darcy Kemper as my 20th pick. Okay. Um, that's who I have at 20th. He, you could, I, I think you might have him a bit higher, honestly, which I wouldn't be surprised. Cause he, I put, there's a lot of things that a lot of teams, he, a lot of stuff back then. Um, this team had Koval, Chuck, Parisi, Langenbrunner, Elias was still pretty good too. He was only 33. So the Zubris, you know, Nicholas Berg forced young. He looked like he had potential too. Um, but I think they need a new goalie. The Berdur was obviously still good, and obviously the next season after this draft, he won the gold medal. But I don't, I don't know. You need another goalie after Berdur. Jan Denis had a good backup year, but I don't know if you want him as your starter. Twenty-eight, and he's a backup. I don't know if you want to put a twenty-eight-year-old backup in a starting position. So I put Darcy Kemper there. Um, I yeah. I also had Kemper at twenty. Oh, you actually did. That's nice. <laughs> I actually did. 
the weird thing about Kemper, so he played for the uh, Red Deer Rebels, right? Yeah. In, in, in the dub. His career, I just felt like, took, was really slow to really, like, get to the point yeah. where he is now. And that that is a lot of goalies, too. You also got to remember. But it, to the yeah. fact that, like, he wasn't known as... He's always known as the backup up until just a few years ago on the Coyotes when he, he took the job and he got... A what was it 2018? I think was the big well. Him and Ron haven't played any time for the last two yeah. years. Yeah, he had a, in 2019 55 games, 925, and that came out like the season before where he had an 899. Well, he had a 932 in LA, but in Arizona, he had an 899, so he's all over the place. But came back next year and, and was cooking. Well, and that's what made sense with Broder, right? Like the fact that yeah. Kemper took so long to finally get to the starting role, yeah. he could have been a back, he was a quality backup. And that would have been really yeah. good with Berder, Um, considering um, that Berder and the Devils still went to a cup final after yeah. the draft. Which is still like, they were only, yeah, they, I think they went to game six. They, they I think it was three, one, and they won a game and then they went to game six. I'm pretty sure is what happened from what I remember. And, that was and, the year they were. Well, I was going to say they had, I think it was, was it Scott Clemenson who was their backup goalie? Yeah, I think it was. It was Clement. I don't think Denise was on the team anymore. I think he may have been in Montreal or out of the league. I forgot where. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my pick for 20th. Um, I'm happy it didn't happen. Cause if it didn't happen, we wouldn't have had the Schneider for the Horvat uh, pick trade. So I'm happy it didn't happen that way. <laughs> Cause I'm much happier with Bo Horvat. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was it, like, he, he, he's a starter now. It's a weird yeah. kind of transition how it, how his career's turned out he's bounced around a couple places but 20th makes a lot of sense to new jersey yeah he could have went higher you could say like there's a lot of guys that are much higher that like i don't know it depends on what the team needs i i try to go off like what the team like what their management would pick but for that one i think kemper would would have been a good fit okay uh 19th overall is my pick uh new york rangers are drafting here uh yeah. i have riley smith going to the Rangers at 19. Who? Sorry, I didn't cut off. What did you say? Riley Smith. I had Riley Smith going Riley to Riley Smith. Riley Smith. So Smith um, has a couple of solid seasons in Florida. He's got a 50-point season in 2015-16. He's got a 40-point season in 2014-15 with Boston. And then his career really takes off when he goes to Vegas. Where yeah. he got a he got the sixty point season in the expand after the expansion draft, um, couple fifty point seasons. He only got twenty five points this past year with Vegas. Um, yeah, you know shooting percentage, you know it hovers around ten percent. He he you know shoots a little bit higher sometimes. You got a sixteen percent in there. You got a thirteen percent in there. Uh, yeah, you're really getting him for his playmaking. Yeah. But uh, I, no, he, he's a pretty good. He's <laughs> sorry, he's a pretty good offensive player. I, I really, he definitely got into his own when he went to Vegas. Um, that's a good pick. I, uh, I guess I don't know. I'll I'll leave, I'll leave my pick for what I had there later. Sure, uh, I have um, to change it up a bit. I, um, but I, but I, yeah. I, I, I was just gonna say, yeah, Smith nineteen go to the Rangers. They get another forward, another quality forward. That that's my yeah. pick for them. That's a good pick. I I, I understand. Um, I guess we all move on to eighteenth. Sure. Habs, uh, 18th overall. Who was their actual pick here? I just want to try it just so you. So 19th, they took Kreider, uh, the, the Rangers as well. Um, 
that that also that pick's a pretty good pick. I don't know if there's much <laughs> there's I don't think they're not really uh I don't think they'd ever be mad at that pick. Uh 18th, Montreal took Louis LeBlanc. He was also a guy I thought like you know eventually he might break out and like, like he had a decent season, 11, 12, 10 points, 42, 42 games, not that bad. Uh came back at 13, 14, nothing, and then I don't know what happened to him after 15, 16. There's no stats on him. Yeah, a guy never worked out. Um, I went with Jakob Silverberg there. That that one, oh, I don't okay. know. That one, that one was a, that was a. I don't know if it was a. I don't think it was a weird one. I, I had I had Silverberg earlier, like going a bit earlier. Um, it was him and Smith. Like I was kind of like all over the place with. Like I, I had Smith at like 11th at one point on my end, but I, I brought him down a bit. Um, let me get to the Habs roster. Uh, Pukanic had 70 points. He was leading the team after his Scott Gomez. 59, Camilleri, 50, Gianta, 46. And after that, it's, you know, falls off. You got Marc-Andre Bergeron as their fifth leading scorer. Um, to have a goal scorer on that team would be great. I think Gianta was a, probably their best goal scorer at that point. He had 20, he's a pure goal scorer at this point, 31 years old, 28 goals, 18 assists. Um, but Camilleri, I guess, too. But Mechanics was a good playmaker, 45 assists. Or again, like probably playing alongside either Kostitsin or or Camilleri, one or the other. I can't kind of mix that up, but having Silverberg on that wing, on that right wing, would probably be pretty good for me. For me, that's what I think. Well, what's interesting with with Silverberg, right, is so he's he's still with Anaheim. He's yeah. actually, he's, he's he's carved himself like a pretty good career with the Ducks because he yeah. was a part of the which trade was that that he was a part of again? Because um, he was originally trade. drafted by Ottawa, right? Yep. Yeah. And they, yeah, he was, okay. He was a part of the Bobby Ryan trade. That's what it was. That's what it was. And he's carved himself a nice role with the ducks when, you know, it's kind of unfortunate for Silverberg when he, especially last season was pretty bad for him too. I I don't blame him for last season either. Like he had a good few years before that too, but I don't know. Well, last year, I think it's more, says more about Anaheim when Max Comtois is your leading scorer. Yeah. Then it, then it does about Silverberg, but the but the thing but, with him was that he joined the team kind of when the core was getting old, like the Perry, yeah. and the Getzlav, and it just didn't quite work out. Yeah. Um, um, a weird thing about Silverberg, he's actually never. I don't think he's ever had a fifty point season, but he really does play the best in the playoffs. That's why I always you always want a guy who turns up in the playoffs. That's why I always like Sam Bennett. Like I always thought, like if he's on a good enough team, he'd be he'd be like pretty good. And obviously we went to short sample size. He went to Florida and he killed it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like having guys like that, he hasn't been in the playoffs in a few years. So I don't know about that now, but to have a guy you could come in in the playoffs and just like turn it up a notch. And cause, cause a lot of guys, like, I don't know if they take a step down, it's just harder to score in the playoffs, but if a guy's taking a step up in the playoffs, that's a guy you want on your team. And I, I think Silverberg would be a good fit alongside maybe not mechanics, but you know, Scott Gomez and like, maybe he, he actually scores in the 2011-12 season or whatever season that was where he wasn't scoring. Well, and the, and the frustrating thing, I don't know if it's frustrating for him, it probably is frustrating for him, is I'm sure Stop he wants to go play for a winning team. And I hope he gets traded out, by the well, way. Well, that's like, just I, it. It's like Brian Murray's been so tough to, like, try and <laughs> trade dudes, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it just hasn't happened because I think the asking price is too high for somebody like Silverberg. So. Yeah. That's why he's probably going to be in Anaheim. Maybe he gets traded this season. Who knows? But yeah. um, I, 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 I'll be, I'll be honest. I don't have Silverberg in my top twenty. 
So I was a little bit surprised to hear yeah. that, but I do, I do like where you're coming from, from yeah. uh, the Habs perspective on that. I, I mixed up like there's three guys that like I thought like could have fit in that position. Uh, I just went with Silverberg because like, he fit. It was it was like this this one guy that like had our actually played for that team and didn't work out. Obviously, I think you know who that is. Maybe maybe you're not, maybe not, but mm. it was him, Kreider or Silverberg, and I felt like Silverberg would have been the best fit. And uh, I mean. I'm looking at, I guess I'm looking at it from like this, like the 2021 too. like obviously Kreider and the Habs don't have a good relationship, never have a good relationship. And the other guy I'm thinking of, uh, but yeah, I went with Silverberg. I think that he could, I think he'd even play like better than he did in Anaheim. I, I think he'd be a consistent 50, 60 point guy on that team. Okay. Um, I got the blues at 17 here. St. Louis. And the guy I, I have for, um, uh, let me get who went 17th. 17th was David Runblad. That was defenseman. I also thought he could be a good top four guy. Never ended up being that. Still got 100 the, games in. And and now the Blues defense isn't actually too bad. Like it's actually yeah, like, pretty good. Still pretty good. Um, uh, I'm gonna say the Blues. Uh, who do they take here? Yeah, they take Chris Kreider here. Um, Chris Kreider, I, I had Chris Kreider there too. They, they, they take. I, I originally I had Kreider here. It was between him and somebody else, but Kreider. Um, I, I know there's the jokes like you know Heater always jokes about him like going offside blatantly all the fucking time. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't even, yeah, everyone knows what he means. But he's got. You know, he got 53 points, 1617. He, he got 52 points in 1819. Yeah. I mean, um, he had a 20 goal season last year in 50 games. Like, that's pretty good. Like, that's a 30, 35 goal pace right there. Like, he's got, I, I'm taking that, man. Like, yeah. He's got, he's got six seasons of 20 goals, about 17 minutes of ice time. You know what you're getting with Chris Kreider. I don't think he, yeah. he doesn't have great playoff stats, but. I mean, he's got one good year of playoff stats in fourteen fifteen. Yeah. Um. But I mean, but, you know what you're getting with him. He can be a really good middle six player for the Blues. Yeah. In a in a in a like, I don't want to say a deep, but like you know, on that Blues team at the time, I'm pretty sure you had like David Backus, Patrick yeah, Berglund. Yeah, Backus. Oh, um, young Oshi too. Young Oshi. Um, who else? Oh, I was just thinking about um, um, Berglund, Paul Statsny. I think is on the Blues at this time yeah. as well on the Blues team. Like you have a pretty good forward group with the Blues, and you throw in Kreider there, you get some speed. Him and Oshi on a line would be really fucking cool to watch. <laughs> uh, young Young Kreider, Young Oshi. I'm I'm gonna take Kreider for the Blues at seventeen. That exactly who I had in that position as well. Um. I guess, yeah, we can move on to the next one. I think that pick for St. Louis would have been a good pick, too. Much better than Runblad, obviously. Um, 16th, uh, Minnesota, they took Nick Letty. Uh, so that's what they, that's who they took originally. Um, I actually have Nick Letty a bit higher. Um, so, yeah, so 16th overall, wild. I have Thomas Tatar. That's who I have there. Um, okay. I, yeah, it was, a, it was a weird one. I don't know. Minnesota, I never really get their plan. Like, I never get what they want to do with their team. Um, 
I, I don't can know. See if, why I don't know. Want... I don't know if Minnesota wants knows what they want to do. Either. Yeah. Um, Nick Letty, I, I if he played for that team like at all, like I, I don't know if that would have worked out. Just because in the in the next season, like after after this draft, they were twenty first in goals against, and I don't know if Nick Letty really helps. I know he's a defenseman, but he's more of an offensive guy. He's more the guy you want on the power play kind of thing. I not that not to say he's bad defensively. I just don't think he, they needed him. Whereas Tatar is a better two way guy. I he's better than I mean Andrew Burnett did have a sixty point season that year. Uh, Tatar has a 70 point season that year alongside Koivu. Koivu had 70 points. I think Tatar could have had like, maybe not that Tatar, but like five years down the line, you get Tatar, you got Koivu, you got maybe half a lot if you're still going, but you know, that's a decent, that's a good top line. That's a good, like a top line that gets you 60, 70 points. I, I think Tatar would be better than Brunette. I think it's upgrade. And the guy was 36 at that time as well. So Tatar, I think Tatar would fit in perfectly. Tatar, I think you either <laughs> love him or hate him. I, I love him. I I don't. The only reason I like people hate him now is because the Habs situation, which also I don't believe it's his fault. Like it, uh, it's brutal. I yeah. I it's just so dumb to me how you don't play a guy that good, even though it, it did work out for them. They made three games away from him winning a Stanley Cup. Where you where you just fall at, ass upwards, like you just fall yeah. upwards into success somehow. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I really like that the Devils picked him up. It is good. I guess a lot of people thought like, oh, he should have been cheaper. He's healthy scratched throughout the playoffs. And I mean, people don't understand. Like everyone knows he's a good player. I think it's just the Habs and hit and had a bad relationship. I think everyone knows Thomas Tatar is good. Well, and like, also just the fit wasn't good there. I was going to say also the devil's need scoring too. So like yeah, they a little bit. Um, okay. So in Tatar, I also, you know, have a bit of a thing for cause he's a red wing. Yeah, he's no, I always love, I really, that's what made him a fan. Like I, I always loved how he was in Detroit. He was a good player too there. I see the Vegas situation didn't work out, but I think once he went to Montreal, it kind of worked out for a bit, but then went down. I hope he works out for him in New Jersey just because he is a really good hockey player. So that that was uh, 16 to Minnesota. You went with Tatar. Okay. I have 15, which is the Anaheim Ducks. Um, Peter Holland originally. Peter Holland. Um, I I had a good career too, like a decently, like 266 games, but I I remember he was on on Toronto for a good amount of time there too. Well, it was because he Guelph and Junior, and then he got to Toronto for a bit. And I think the Leafs tried to make it work, and it just never yeah, played. which I wanted to happen to because yeah. I remember like he always is the guy, like oh yes, like it's always the guy. You always get the guys like oh they they might do something, they might do it, and they never do. And then it and then it <laughs> turns out he's just a better Marley than he is a Maple. And <laughs> yeah, just, and it just doesn't just doesn't happen at the next level. Yeah, um, I could really screw Scott Ducks here. I could take Scott Glenny. <laughs> I could take Kevin Cannot. Um, <laughs> no, not Kevin Cannot. Oh uh, God, who else? I could t- I could take a bunch of Louis LeBlanc. I could take a bunch of guys to, to screw Scott here. Jordan Schroeder. Jordan Schroeder. That one's rough. That one's uh, a rough one. I actually originally had the tar at fifteen Anaheim. Sorry. I originally had the tar fifteen Anaheim. Yeah. In- um, I said he also he is a good fit that for that team as well their their best like pure left winger was matt Bolesky. so to have to have anyone better than him is probably good instead i, I i'm gonna anders lee i'll take for the ducks anders lee that's a good one i i had him 18th in my redraft going to montreal uh he goes yeah. 15th in this redraft like like almost all islanders now uh, there's like 
it's sort of sort of like this Islanders bump at the same time. It's a shelter role because you're playing for the Islanders. Like you're expected to play as one way if you're Barry Trotz. Yeah. And Lee does a really good job of that. Yeah, that's why I always think he's one of the best captains of the league. He really he doesn't talk as much to like he's not a media guy as much as other, like a lot of other captains maybe. But he he does like anytime you see him in the media, like he he is a good like he, he's a you can see why they picked him as captain over other guys. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I always like I always think he's a good player. Obviously, the injuries have hurt him in the past few years, but like he's only a few years removed from having forty goals. Daily. Like I know he's. I guess I don't know if that was the season he was playing with John Tavares or I forgot which one. I don't. I forgot which season he actually did get forty goals in. But let me pull that up. Pull well, that up, James. Well. Um... Like the, the thing with Lee too is like we talk about this with Barzell, but the same applies for Lee. Like, imagine if he played for a different team. Yeah, like even, always like, just... like even though he kills it with his role for the Islanders, and he probably really loves his role with the Islanders right now, and yeah. you know playing in front of those home fans and and yeah, so that know, was the year with Tavares and Barzell. Okay. Yeah, and, and like you know but hey they use a minus 25 that season next season he gets 10 less points 10 less goals but he's a plus 20 so you know that's a minus that's a plus 45 difference okay so like yeah. you also got to remember like the guy can you can do on both ends i think that's the trot's impact too that year yeah i mean yeah that also helps too um so, so to yeah, have him this year if he didn't get injured this year i think he would have i don't know he could have been the guy to you know score a goal in game seven to like they all they only needed a goal and you know in overtime what fuck happens like, right he seems like somebody who would have a lot of playoff success like uh, oh yeah it, it's unfortunate just because he is such a talented player he, he he literally screams playoffs if you think about it really it, the injuries have kind of held him back a little bit yeah he had a he had a decent playoff run last year 11 points 22 games plus four yeah like he just seems yeah, like, like somebody who would be a really good like second line winger yeah. on a playoff team that can make a deep run yeah, uh, people people give shit about his contract. I uh, was a seven. I think it's cap at seven mil. That's not too bad. I, I don't think it, it is a bit longer. And the, the style he does play does like, you know, those guys taper off a bit bit quicker. I don't think he's going to do like a Matt Dubinsky or not Matt Dubinsky. Sorry, Brandon Dubinsky to like taper off where he just falls off a cliff or like one of those yeah. guys. But I think he can still keep going. I think he'll be worth the money just from his leadership alone. Just, just because you, I don't know. I a guy like that uh, is pretty good for the Islanders right now, and I think he would have worked out well in a, in Anaheim. Is that the pick? Yeah, Anaheim, Anaheim. or Lee to Anaheim. Yeah, it kind of went on an Islanders rant there, but just talking about him. But yeah, I think in Anaheim that would have been a good fit as well. Uh, fourteen. This is your pick. Uh, in real life, uh, the Panthers took Dmitry Kulikov. Who is still getting quite a few, you know, offer? He's he's played over seven hundred yeah. career NHL. Games. Oh, he's had a great career, I think. I like he's always been a, like a good defenseman. Like, uh, there's a bit bad. There's a few bad years in there, but he's always been steady. Like he's been in the league for you know, being in the league for eleven years. He's got to be good at something. Uh, who do you have the Florida Panthers take um, in the redraft? Uh, I had fifteenth. I did. I had actually Nick Letty, so I might have to change that up later on. Um, I actually, I think for where I want to switch him with, it kind of works out perfectly for me. So that's good. Um, 14th, I had Tyson Berry. Ooh. Actually, that was, that was one I did. I'd also um, kind of just threw in there. Um, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to lie. That's really low compared to where I had Barry. Yeah, nah, I see why you might have Tyson Berry a bit higher. 
Um, again, Tyson Berry led the league, led the league in the defenseman scoring this year, but not a single, not a single vote for the Norris. First time that's ever happened. Um, 28th. Okay. So 20, like the next season after this draft, uh, 2009, 10, uh, almost last in goals for 20th, uh, 30th in uh, goals against for the Florida Panthers. Um, they had a good, good, like a uh, good group of defense and like defensemen there. They had Ballard, Seidenberg. Um, they had Kulikov as well. Young Kulikov, 19 years old. They played him 70 games. Poor fucking guy. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Scott Clemenson's the backup this year as well. A uh, Vokum, a young Alexander Salak. Um, this is that was a name also I haven't heard of since I was probably 11 playing NHL 10. Um, Ryan McCabe, he's 34, but he's still doing damage, right? Um, to have a guy like Tyson Berry helps on the back end because this team is really defensively, uh, I guess defensively made just because Stephen Weiss was their leading scorer, 60 points. Um, what are your thoughts on Stephen Weiss as a Red Wings fan? <laughs> wow. Sorry. I, sorry. I, was not, I was not expecting Stephen Weiss Red Wings conversation. Um, uh, I guess they did have Jason Garrison before, like he popped off for his one good season, then we signed him and he turned to garbage. But they, they had, they had they, a few. Sorry. Didn't uh, no, they got rid of Garrison and then they won the cup, Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I think to have, to have a like an offensive defenseman in there wouldn't hurt, <laughs> like considering it's just an all defensive lineup and to, to have like all that defense and have a pretty good goalie in Vokun who had a 925 and still had like still be 20th in goals against. I think you might as well just throw Barry in there just because at least he gets you points. I, I Barry would probably be the leading scorer on that team too or like near there like i guess the time was also different where it's less goal scoring but i i still see like barry putting up 40 50 points like <laughs> with this team like in that era i'll be honest with you yeah um a bit for shits and giggles i had barry going seventh to the leafs in this redraft but <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll tell you why seventh when it happens but but <laughs> just but, a leafs pick but um the thing with Barry, so Barry was in Colorado for a while. He was fine with Colorado. He gets traded for Kadri. He, it doesn't work in Toronto. Yeah. It, it, and I don't want to say it becomes quite obvious, but like it just doesn't work in Toronto. Like it's yeah. just, it, it, it's quite clear that the. the yeah, if you look at the stats, it obviously seems like it was like good enough. Like it was pretty good, but you got to remember like how you're watching Leafs games. You could just tell it's not a good fit. It, it's not, it's, it's not working with how they like to play and how he likes to play. It's just not working. Yeah. And I, I think it works it, out in oil for Edmonton right now, just because it works like their power plays lethal to have, you know, like those guys. And then you have Barry, who's one of the best offensive specialists in the game. So. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think it makes sense. And I mean, you know, I liked him coming out of junior because he was a former Kelowna Rockets. So it's like, oh, I know yeah. where he's playing. But I, I I I don't know if we overrate him a bit because. Yeah, I, I try to make sure to not overrate him just because I think everyone does. Well, I think, um, well, I think because well, I think because of the fact that there's part of me that's like he's a bit overrated because he has the one bad Toronto season. But at, the same, like, but at the same time, he's the leading offensive scorer for defenseman, and he doesn't get a single Norris vote. Yeah, he also that's which is which is also weird because they for the Selkie they they really do base it off points, don't they? They because mostly like, like you have to yeah be, like you, have you to don't they don't even really score. sorry you have to be a, a defensive centerman who can score. 
Yeah, like the year that Kessler got 41 goals when he won the Selkie. Um, obviously, I don't think he was the you could like there's are so many arguments made that season too. Like he wasn't even the best defenseman or defensive forward, but he had 40 goals and he, he was good enough at the, like he was still above average. Like the guy was like top 10 probably defensive forwards, but there's but better guys out there where it's like where they don't put that same like I guess the voters don't put the same uh criteria for the for the best defenseman award, which is also weird to me. Just because they're both similar, where it's like defense forward, defensive, like defense, like defenseman, I guess. I don't know. I, I that's it's all over the place with the voting. I never really get a lot of the voting yep. in the NHL. Well, and, and the other thing about I don't know, Barry's a bit ahead of his time because he probably joined the NHL at the right time, maybe a little bit early. Yeah, I guess like 10 years, like Barry would be like like a pretty good player just because I feel like the game will just progress to be more offensive too. So I feel like if you came down later down the line, that's my opinion as well. Well, like, like, I feel like, well, like, and what we like, not what we know, but how we now, like how we were valuing the PK Subans and the Eric Carlson's yeah. of the world compared to like the Duncan Keith's. Yeah, where you could you could tell in like 2014, for example, I think that's the biggest like like yeah. Olympics, like you know Duncan Keith, the Vlasic, but then you have Subban on the bench who's like Norris, you know, like it's stupid. I I I don't I never really got why Subban didn't play that. Well, and I'm and I'm not comparing Barry to like Subban, yeah, Carlson. Like I don't think he's that good or that quality yeah. defenseman, but I do think that how like a Barry maybe if if Tyson Berry enters the draft maybe three or four years later, yeah, he might even be more valuable than where is he fourteenth on the draft. I was just thinking, like in general, like if it, like if the game gets continues to become more offensive again, where like it's not like the Jamie Ben like leading the league and scoring with eighty points or whatever it was. Yeah, it's like it becomes like you know McDavid was on pace for one hundred fifty points. Uh, given he's playing against Canadian teams, but like, you know, 150 points is 150 points against professional athletes. Right. So like, you know, with that, with the game coming more offensive again, I feel like, like this is his time to really like, you know, become like that offensive defenseman guy. Um, It's always, it's always nice to have a guy who can play like, you know, be that power play specialist. Um, But Barry does tend to be a lackluster on the defensive side, which does kind of suck. And I don't know that nurse Barry pairing. I never really, it obviously looks good on paper, uh, but they didn't win a single playoff game. I think that's just who the Oilers are. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll, we, Scott and I will talk more about the Oilers yeah. in our playoffs. Yeah, but for, yeah. so yeah, Florida 14th, I have Barry. I just think right. that offensive power right there would be good for that team. 13th. Buffalo Sabres. Sabres. Uh, who do they take in, in real life? This is Zach Cassian. Oh, God. Yeah, that's that's there. There you go. 182 career points for Zach Cassian. 800 penalty minutes. Exactly. He, couldn't, he couldn't at least get to 200 uh, points for the redraft. <laughs> um, he played with McDavid. If he didn't play with him, he probably would have had like 100. So. <laughs> I think I'm going to stick with my. I probably could go with somebody different here, but I think I'm going to go this. This. Mm. I went with like a completely different like outlook than Sabres have. Yeah, I. What I had. I think. How do I want to do? You know what? It's good. I think you're going to pick this guy. You might pick this guy later. You might not. Um, yeah. I'm going to pick Nazem Kadri 13. Ooh. The savers. I, I do have them later on, much later on, actually. 
you have Kadri later on. Yeah. Okay. I think you have, I, I'm, I'm going to guess you have this other guy later on too, but that I was thinking, I, you have this other guy that I was thinking about picking, but I think you'll take him later on, but I'm going to go with Kadri. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to pick Kadri. Um, things ran its course in Toronto. Like I think Kadri yeah. had, when Kadri's had this weird career timeline where like, yeah, he, he joins in at a weird time. And then all of a sudden he's now the bad time. <laughs> and that, and then all of a sudden he's like the one C on a lease and he's not a one C. Yeah. He is. He's just not a one C. And those were a, those were dark days for the Leafs when he's one C. So all of a sudden the Leafs started like, you know, picking up guys, they started accumulating picks and all this sort of stuff. And he gets to be like the three C a, a, an elite three C or like a good, a really good three C that he should be. And then it, you know, it's a fit. It works well. And then he gets suspended and then he gets suspended. <laughs> in multiple playoff series against Boston, it's like, okay, things just run its course. Like, it's just not working. Yeah. We have to do something different, and we have to trade you. And then the Barry Kadri. And then yeah, the Barry, yeah. Barry Kadri trade. I really – listen, I like Kadri. I, yeah. I think he's a good fit with Colorado now. Yeah, and, I think he's a good second-line center. Like, I really think he's a good center. As for a team that – I don't know if they'll probably have cap issues once McKinnon stuff is all up because that guy is like 12, 13, 14, 15 million dollars right there. He's getting six. Um, I think he's a good fit on like as to get like to have a second liner like as good as he is on a team that front heavy, like with their defense, their goalie, and their forward core. I think to have a guy like Kadri who's like who's like doesn't make too much, but like is worth that contract is is pretty good uh in Colorado at least. I think uh in Buffalo, that's a good pick. I, I didn't have him there. Um, but I think that's a good pick. Buffalo needs I mean, Buffalo just needed anything like uh, always. They just need something. And I feel like to have a guy like Kadri would have worked out there though. Well, and, and what's nice about Kadri and, and that he does this when he's, um, he does this when he's, when he's in Toronto, when Matthews and Tavares get there, he does this in Toronto and he's doing it in Colorado right now where he's a really good change of change of pace center. Yeah. He's not all skill. He will get into the dirty areas. He will make your life painful. He will make it tough for you. He will cross the line. He's done that a few times, but yeah. and again, I don't even blame him for like, I always, you always want a guy like that. Like maybe he, he does take it too far, obviously, but the debrust stuff, I don't actually blame him, but like the get the wingles hit. I never really liked that one. Um, but like, one, yeah, he oh, that, was, that was the one on Marlowe, wasn't it? No, the Marlowe one was DeBrusque, and then, like, DeBrusque was just being, a like, a piece of garbage that whole game, yeah. so I see why. But the Tommy Wingles one was just pure anger from him. Like, uh, he needs to let go of that, and obviously this this past postseason it happened again where he got suspended um, the, just, the, with the Justin Falk hit. Um, but if he's not doing that in the playoffs, this guy is a good playoff performer too. So, like, it, like he doesn't have much. It's a, it's a short sample size, 36 games in, in total. But, you know, like in 2020, he had 18 points in, in 15 games, nine and nine. You know, that's, that's, that's something right there. That's a team with McKinnon, Landis, Cog, and Ranton. He's doing that. Well, and, he, and he's not even like a dirty player per Yeah, se. he's not a dirty player at all. He just like, he has the dirty spurts. I guess you could obviously say that's a dirty player. 
but he's not like going around like spearing people all the time like Marshad was in his prime. Yeah, or like, Tom Wilson. Days. Yeah. Like like Kadri plays the game rough, and the only time really when Kadri is doing that stuff is to stick up for a teammate. I forgot. Yeah. I think he yeah, because I remember there's a bad hit that Ryan Lindgren did a few years back, where like only two years back. And he, he fought Lindgren, made like just made him like bleed, but it was like a good. It was like, it was, that's something that he should do more. Whereas, like, instead of jumping the guy or doing what he did to DeBrusque or the hit on Falk, like, the hit on Falk was also one where, like, it shouldn't have happened. Oh, no, that, that, was, that, was a, that was a dirty hit, though. He that was a dirty. Over. Oh, yeah, that was a bad hit. I, I agree with that. Just the fact that, like, he shouldn't, especially 2-0 up in a series, he can't be doing that. You know, that, you, they need you. Like, they need a second-line center. Then, like, you know, I don't know if the series is different next round, but, you know, having Kadri there would have been – much better. Uh, Codger is my pick 13th of the Sabres. Uh, 12. Um, yeah. So, so, okay. Sorry. So, yeah. 12th Islanders originally took Calvin DeHaan, who also, I thought he'd be, I thought he'd be on a Ryan Ellis level, who's the next pick. I thought he could be that level. He never ended up being that. He's more of like a, I wouldn't consider, I think he's more of a sixth, fifth, sixth defenseman guy on a team. I don't think he's a fringe seventh. I think he's pretty, I think he's, He's pretty good, but he's more of a bottom pairing, maybe like a top four guy, fringe top four, but he's been a good player throughout his career, but I don't have him there. Um, Originally, I had 13th. I had uh, Leonard, Robin Lehner going to the Sabres just because they need a goalie, in my opinion. And then 12th, I had Anders Lee. So I guess just for like, I guess if we're doing it as if like, I'm actually drafting in this position, like I lost my players. Uh, I guess I would have taken... I guess I probably would take Robin Leonard. We're also doing the draft backwards. So it's kind of a bit weird here. But Robin Leonard, I guess I'll move to the Islanders pick. Um, next next time we'll do a, well, next time we'll go one to twenty. I think. I guess yeah. But I mean, it worked out too. Like it's not too bad. Just because it's also nice to know, like you know, you save the best picks for last. So it works. It's different both ways. Um, Islanders. Also, you could say it works here just because their goalies are Dwayne Rollison, who's like the holding on by this Ro- much he's Ro- Roly the goalie he has that Ro- playoff run with tampa bay in uh, yeah. 2011 and i would have loved to have seen i think the canucks would have definitely won in 2011 had they faced 40 whatever dwayne 41 Rollison, 42, 41 year old 42 year old dwayne rollison instead of uh tim thomas who was the best goalie cheating Tim Thomas, who was the best goalie in the world for two weeks, uh, yeah, yeah, when he when he got the big pads. Uh, uh, anyways, Marty Baron's the backup, and then Rick DiPietro's a third stringer. Uh, to have Robin Leonard in there obviously would be much better, and it worked out when Robin Leonard was there. Obviously, the defense definitely, uh, it really the, the defense on the Islanders definitely uh, brings up goalie stats, like the basic goalie stats. Um. But I mean, Robin Leonard is a good goalie, so I think Robin Leonard would have worked out in that situation as well. <laughs> Robin Leonard has a really tough start to his career, where he has to play in Ottawa and Buffalo. Yeah, and Ottawa doesn't deal with him correctly the way they should. No. And Buffalo, 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 I think Buffalo he, he said. He, I think he's Buffalo, set. Buffalo throws him out to the Wolves, and then they're like, "Here, yeah. you want to start here? We'll give you sixty games or whatever." <laughs> and it's just like, okay, but you have no defense. It's like tell that to Tyler Myers or whatever. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I've also like I think he always talks about how like he still I think he still likes Buffalo like as the city and like the fans, but 
I don't know if he, I don't know if he had a I think he said like he wanted to go back just to make things right or something. Um, he does say a lot of stuff on Twitter, so it's make, probably mixed up in my head. But I, I think he would fit well with Islanders. Any goalie that's uh, remotely good fits well with that team because that's all you need, really, especially right now. Um, but at that time, they just had three. I mean, Rolison wasn't bad, obviously, next season. Baron's a backup. DiPietro is bad. So, I mean, to have Robin Leonard in there would be pretty good. And he he's obviously an elite goalie now. So to have that there would have been good at that time as well. What I'm interested in, part of why Leonard does so well in uh, Long Island is because of the culture change with the Barry Trotts and Lou Lamorello um, yeah. um, running of the team by the time Trots. he gets there. And yeah, I don't know that the previous regime would have had the patience to deal with Leonard. Exactly. So it's it's hindsight's 2020 there. Um, but I just still believe, you know, if, if they – like I, if they, I guess if they deal with it correctly, the way they deal with it now, and it worked out for him, I think it could have been a really good pick. I, I, I always, I always see him leaving anyways, just like how he did, um, two years ago. But yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty with that stuff, especially with goalies nowadays too. Next on the board, eleven, uh, Nashville, Nashville. So they originally took Ryan Ellis, who worked out great there. He he had great seasons there. I think uh. One or two, they're, they make it a game five or game six of the finals. Uh, game six, that was a boring game. game six. Six. Yeah, Patrick Hornquist. Um, but yeah, you know, a few goals that you got your two goals away from going to game seven of a Stanley Cup final, and again, against, against the back to back Pittsburgh back to back. Oh, yeah, and yeah, and like Subban, like you know, he had a great season, not like Norris level, but still like fucking elite. You know, I still I always thought Ryan Ellis was a good fit on that team, and it worked out. They're only two games away from winning a Stanley Cup, and he was always he's always been great. He's always a guy that like I've watched since I was like nine, ten years old. Especially, I think he was on the ice whenever he scored that goal against uh, uh, against Russia in the World Juniors. Uh, I think yeah. he was on the ice in the, on that goal. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, but he was on the team for sure. But yeah, eleven. I'm gonna go with. Uh, Nick Letty. Nick Letty. Sorry, you cut out. Uh, Nick Letty, you said right. Nick Letty. Nick Letty. Um, that's a that's uh, I guess I haven't. Have we gone with Nick Letty yet? I completely forgot. Sorry, I was. I don't think so. We haven't gone with Nick Letty now. No, no, we haven't. We haven't. Uh, Nick Letty, that's a good pick though. It's always um, good to have like a. Um, a power play specialist type guy there, which is well, I don't know if Ryan Ellis was necessarily that, but he was he was really good offensively. Letty just seems like a predator's defenseman. Yeah, I know like, you mean it. Like he just seems like somebody who like because Nashville has been one of the best teams to just scouting defensemen in the last ten years, and yeah. I just I just think like like Ryan Ellis is really the start of that. Yeah, the other guy in this draft who will probably pick <coughs> uh, Matias Ekholm as well. Uh, yeah, that's actually who I had there. Because uh, okay. it worked out perfectly just to have him there. Also, my top ten is wild, like from six to nine. Six to ten is wild, so that that's where like it's <laughs> kind of messed everything up. But it, yeah, I, I do agree with you on the like the Letty point where it's like he is definitely the most Nashville defenseman in this. Maybe just close to Ryan Ellis, really. Like Ryan Ellis and him are the most Nashville defensemen in here. And and I mean, again. Part of it with Letty is the fact that um, he's had a really good career. Well, not career. He's had a really good 
uh, last few seasons with the yeah. Islanders. Last season wasn't too good, but I mean, he still came out there and was pretty good, like offensively, which is really all they needed. They had enough defensemen defensively you could take care of the slack that he that he was given. He's had one, two, three. He's had three seasons with forty plus points. Um, you know, for the most part, he's healthy. Like he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years of like eighty-two game, like eighty games or equivalent. Eighty-two, eight years of yeah. like eighty games or equivalent or more. Um. Dude's healthy. You'll get maybe 30 points, 35 points out of him. Um, just he plays big, he plays 20 minutes, 21 minutes a night. Really good defenseman, top four guy wherever he's gone. He would be a top four guy for Nashville. That's, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Like, obviously, like I, I had at home there just because I, I don't know, just the way I had mine, like my draft going, I had at home there. But it also, again, like Ekholm, Ellis, uh, Letty, they're not, uh, I guess Ekholm right now is probably the best out of those three alongside Ellis and then Letty's, Letty's third. But I don't know. I Letty, Letty's a good pick there too. Letty and Ekholm having a good lefty guy there at defense, top four guys, pretty good. Um, On to the top 10, the great top 10 of this draft. Um, uh, Edmonton Oilers, Edmonton Oilers, number 10. Tenth overall pick. I'm pretty sure it's Pyarvi. Let me just double check. Magnus Pyarvi, uh, 467 career NHL games, uh, 62 goals, 62 assists, 124 points. Was, was it Pyarvi or was it Linus Olmark who um, the spin? The spin at center ice. Uh, that was Olmark. That was okay. Olmark. <laughs> that, that, that was a wild. That was the Jeremy Lin of like the NBA. That that like. Two well, weeks. and it just pissed off every boomer ever. Oh, I know. That's where that I really do. I'm happy that he did that too, and it's worked. Just so like that kind of like modern. It's like modernizing the this like really boomerish game, which I kind of liked. I really did like that he did that move because. He was obviously already like a sensation on YouTube with the 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 Datsuk flick original Datsuk flick I guess yeah. he did in in Sweden, um, but yeah. So tenth overall, Pyarvi didn't work. Um, I'm actually surprised he even played near 500 games. He played 467 games. I thought he only had like 200, 300. But the Oilers, he, I remember. The, well, he was with the Oilers and the Blues. The Blues, and then he had a little stint with the Senators. I remember because there was that clip of him celebrating and he like ate shit when he scored. Um, that was a few years back. It was like a weird meme. Um, but yeah, 10th overall. Uh, I have Mike Hoffman. I have Mike okay. Hoffman, 10th overall. Um, again, Edmonton sucked bad. Uh, I think next season, obviously, they were even worse. Um, lasting goals against, almost lasting goals for in the next season, in the 2010 season. Um, Ethan Morrow was captain, captaining their team. Uh, Pad Cakes was their leading scorer the next year. Uh, 32 goals, 31 assists. Uh, Gagne, Gilbert Brule, 37 points is their top sc- top three scorers. Uh, Dustin Penner had 63 points. Yeah, he's the leading scorer. Pancakes boy. Um, but yeah. Well, well and, and, the, and the best part I was gonna say the best part about um, Hoffman is that uh, another winger. Yeah. He, he, he will add to their future collection of wingers uh, <laughs> with, with Hall, Yakupov. <laughs> hey they have a good uh they have a good center core 
the next season, obviously, because they have a young Sam Gagne, 20 years old, young Gilbert Brule, Sean Horkoff, third, you know, good third line center there. And then you got like Patrick O'Sullivan, 24. You know, obviously you got like at that point, you have like these young centers who like you don't know what's going to happen with them. So you always you want to get some decent young wingers around them. Um, Dustin Penner is there. Uh, I guess they're veteran there. Um, but yeah, I think I think Mike Hoffman works just because they need scoring. Dustin Penner is their leading scorer in points, 63. That's drop off to Gagne in the 32 goals he has. Next up is 17, Brule. Um, but yeah, they just need a goal scoring. I think that one for me was obvious. I don't know what you had, but I just, I, I just think they need a goal score. Uh, 10, I had Braden Shen. Yeah. So I guess that, that also works just cause they, I mean, I guess in hindsight that works. I don't know if you're looking at their team, like at that time, they have centers, young centers that I guess they're looking for. So I don't know if that would have worked then, but especially if looking at it now, I think that would have been probably a good pick too. But Mike Hoffman is who I have for the pure reason of they needed goals. Number nine is the Ottawa, Ottawa Senators. And who I have at number nine, I feel like with this format, we're going to miss some people, but that's okay. Uh, no, I, I've been trying to keep track of what, what you have. So it shouldn't I, be I've been bad. trying to keep track of what you have too. N- yeah. Nine, I have Oliver Ekman Larson. Oh, you have him much lower than I did. I have Larson low to Ottawa. The problem is that I have, like, yeah, I, I have Larson. The last few years in Arizona have really yeah. fallen off these he, last But years. people really forget how good he was in his prime, though. That's why. He was. Like, that's just it. Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to search here when Ekman Larson's peak was. Because he was really good. And actually, six is probably about right for him with uh, where he got drafted. Yeah, I have him in that range. That's where I have him. But, like, peak Ekman Larson is 2015-16. And he had 55 points in 75 games. Now, so you have him in Ottawa, right? So, imagine. So, you have prime Eric Carlson, one of the best, like, offensive defensemen, like, you could argue ever at this point. The guy's, like, probably top five, top ten. Yeah, if not top three, and then you have Ekman Larson beside him. That does he like? We always joke about like we joke about the like, oh, what's the worst defensive line like Hughes and this guy or whatever. But like, like at that like if you have those two guys in their prime, I don't think it even matters. They could be like the most liable, like unli- <laughs> biggest liability on defense, which they weren't at that time. But if they could be, they could have been that. Well, they probably would have got like ninety points each. Well, who did Ottawa originally uh, take? Jared they Cowan. took Jared Cowan. No. So, <laughs> so they take OEL, and OEL gets him to a Stanley Cup final. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, OEL, OEL gets a Stanley probably Cup final, anyways. Don't worry. O- OEL probably doesn't get to a Stanley Cup final with, <laughs> with the Senators because uh, you know, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, again, I don't think OEL may have, anyone could have been the difference in Game Seven in twenty. And and that in that stand and that senators team was so bad. I don't think people. No, that was a that was I wouldn't consider. No, that was a fluke. I think that was that, that it really was a fluke if you think I, about it. But I don't think people. It would have been nice that. to see them in the finals, even though I still think they. I don't know if they get wiped by by uh who are they playing? San Jose is who they're gonna play. I think the Sharks is who they're gonna play. Is that the year? Sharks. The I think predators. it was no. I, I think it was the predators. Nashville. That yeah, Nashville. So I, I don't. I think they would have got wiped by Nashville. Oh uh, yeah, they would have got. Swept. That's my thought. Problem. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know if swept, but they wouldn't have won or two, but they would have lost to Nashville for sure. I don't think people realize how bad, how truly bad uh, that Sens team was that almost yeah. got to the Stanley Cup finals, which I think has <laughs> been an absolute disaster for the NHL if Ottawa actually makes it to the finals against Nashville. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, you, I mean, they the only really, like, it really was just Eric Carlson he could really promote there. Like, Eric, Eric, um, like um, Eric, Eric Carlson and like Craig Anderson was hot. Like you could promote the hot goalie. That was about the only other thing I think on that team. Yeah, that really promote. So I I have uh, OEL Exxon Larson, uh, current Vancouver Canuck going ninth to the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. Um. At ninth, I guess I guess we should say our like what well, who we add, but All like right. your your pick will be the. Um, ninth, I had Ellis. So, I mean, defense, but it was just defense. Like, they just needed defense there. And because Cowan didn't work, uh, Spokane, was he a Spokane chief? Yeah, he mm-hmm. was. Jared Cowan, former he was Spokane. A part, he was a part of their, uh, games, he, or, um, he was a part of their 2008 Memorial Cup champion team, Jared Cowan. The Chiefs won ooh. the 2008 um, Memorial Cup in Kitchener and Spokane won. Uh, and they broke the trophy. Uh, <laughs> Wow, they actually broke the trophy, huh? They broke the trophy on the ice. Uh, they they got the two, they got the shit boot out of them because they broke the really? broke the trophy on in Kitchener. Aww. They beat Kitchener and they broke the trophy on the ice. I want to see if I can pull that up. Oh my gosh! Um, I guess I'll speaking of Jared Cowan. I guess uh, two hundred forty nine NHL games. That's nothing. Uh, speaking of nothing though, Scott Glennie one NHL game. That's near nothing. Uh, no points, two penalty minutes. He was the eighth overall pick that year for the Dallas Stars. That's a that's a bad. That's obviously probably the biggest bust in this draft by far. Um, he's really the only one. I guess Philip Parrott is a twenty seventh. Oh, Glenny, Scott Glenny, Glenny, Uh, he only played one game. Yeah, Glenny's the biggest bust in this draft. I think. Um, Yeah, Glenn, Sorry, cut out. No, Glenn, Glennie is the biggest bust in this draft, without a doubt. Hold on. Sorry, I, I didn't. Yeah, Scott Glennie, ultimate bust in this draft, without a doubt. He played one, um, he played one game. Yeah, <laughs> two penalty minutes. Um, originally, uh, in my draft, I had Nazem Kadri there. Okay. I didn't think uh, Ryan Ellis would have fit just because of their. They already had Roby Dawes and then young Matt Niskanen, so I don't know if like oh, do we have the right-handed guy there? Do we have the same pick here? Left-handed guy. I guess have we gone with have we gone with Ekholm yet? No, that's I, no, that's that's the same guy I had here. Ekholm. I think Ekholm would have been. Ekholm will be my pick there. T.S. Ekholm, just because they did have two guys on the right. They they had Roby Daw who had a good season next year I'm pretty sure or the year before I forgot he had a 41 point season and he's obviously a really good defensive guy and then you got young Matt Niskin in there I'm, I'm trying again I'm trying to think of it like their thought process at that time with like knowing how the future is going to be like um like the players in the draft um but yeah I think I I think uh, Ekholm would be a good guy there left like to have him alongside Roby Daw is like a guy who's a bit much more offensive than Roby Dawes was even though he still had 40 points in, in his best season. Um, I, I think to have those two as your top pair, him and Niskanen, him and Roby Daw, I think Ekholm would be a good fit there. Um, we talked about Nashville having like really good defensemen. 
Like, yeah, I'm, and at home, at home was probably the, honestly this season, like, like him and Yossi. Yossi even didn't really have like the Norris caliber season he had the year before, or even just a few years before that. But I think at home, honestly, was the most steady defenseman last year for Nashville. So that shows how, like, you know, 10 years later, 11, 12 years later, he's still pretty good. Well, I was going to say about the Stars is like the Stars have been drafting really well defensively. Like they got, you know, Klinberg, they got Esselindel, oh, yeah. they got Heiskanen. And if they yeah. pick Ekholm over Glennie, like they, you know, that starts their run of drafting really quality defense. Oh yeah. That's, you know, to have, yeah. To have those, to that as your top four, like they are, you're arguably the top like defense, like defensive cores in the league. And now you got him obviously losing. Uh, I don't know if they had, they had Alexiak this year. Or was it, was he still Pittsburgh? Yeah, no, he played, no, he played for a lot. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Alexiak was pretty good with them too. Obviously that's why Seattle, Seattle took him. But yeah, I think Ekholm would have been, would have been a good pick there too. Um. Yeah. Again, originally I had Nazem Kadri just for the fact that <clears throat> I guess I'll give you my thought process on that too, pretty yeah. quick. Uh, just Nazem Kadri, they needed a center because uh, Brad Richards was up the next year, and obviously we know he wasn't gonna stay because no no one's giving up that money he got in New York. Um. So yeah, like he they needed Kad they Kadri's a good young player and. I think he would have ended up being a good like 50, 60 point guy there, like second line, just how he is now. I don't think he would have became something much more there. He's playing alongside Louis Erickson. And so obviously, you know, you know, our thought process on that one. You know, you're the only one who brings up Erickson on the pod. I don't know if I bring up <laughs> as much as you do. Uh, Canucks fans. Um, I have the seventh pick and Toronto. Oh, by the way, who, who did you have for eighth, by the way? Sorry. I had Echo. That's cool. That, that's pretty. That's good. Then we. I guess we agree on that one. We we we, we were agreeing the same there. So seventh, I this is my pick. Toronto. I had Tyson Berry going uh, to the Leafs. Um, just because yeah. again, there you go. Like I know I was talking about how like oh the the Norris he should have gotten Norris vote, but then I do the same thing where I like I I bring him down lower because he's a liability defensively. So there you go. I thought I contradict myself there, but yeah. I I just think Tyson Bear. I mean. I don't need to say like, oh, I wonder what Tyson Berry and Morgan <laughs> Riley on the same team look like because we um, kind of know how that looks. So um, have we gone with Ryan Ellis yet? I don't think we No, have. we haven't gone but with I, Ryan I guess, Ellis. you know, right-hand defense from Barry. Ellis fits there. I guess Ellis will be the guy, right? Or else you have something else up your sleeve. Do you want to go with Vander Kane? Uh, he may have been my seventh pick. <laughs> <laughs> he was he been, actually? Was he yeah. actually? Uh, okay. Show you my screen. <laughs> like, All right. Well, <laughs> Rab's not even screen sharing. Like this is just me. Uh, I, I'm on my phone doing <laughs> so, it. That's why. <laughs> so, Evander Kane. I had 11th to Nashville originally. Are you gonna go with him? <laughs> yeah, we'll go with Evander Kane. Oh, Vander. Yeah. So I guess we can both talk on it for that reason. Oh, you so, go first, though. Okay. So, so you t- you no you talk about Evander Kane. Why do you like Evander Kane? Uh. Toronto, that's just something they would do. They would take the guy who would get them the most. I mean, also, it's all over the place where Ryan Burke probably doesn't like them, but you also got to just take the why, guy. Why? Because he takes too many penalties? Is that why, Brian? Oh, just everything about his play style. Every single thing about that guy's play style is, does not scream Brian Burke. Even, I guess, like, well, I guess the grittiness and all that does. I, should, I shouldn't say that. But just I, the, I, like, I, everything I was, else. I was definitely just assuming racism. 
that, that I was trying, I wasn't trying to say that, but I knew that's what you're trying to allude to. <laughs> that's what I was trying um, to push, and you're like, no, no, let's not bring up the card. <laughs> uh, they're, yeah, the preseason odds the next season to win this cup was plus 6,600. Uh, <laughs> 26th in goals for, uh, sorry? The Sharks? Probably both. Uh, Leafs in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> Leafs in 2010. Uh, and probably Sharks now. Uh, Ron Wilson was the head coach. Yeah, I don't know. It. Again, I just feel like they would have just taken Evander Kane. That's my thought process. There's nothing else. Um, almost they're 29th in goals against, 26th in goals for. And obviously they took they got Kessel the next season for the goal scoring. Or yeah, well I think it was that off season they got Kessel. Um, you know, 55 points, 70 games, he had 30 goals. But you know. Again, like if you have Vander Kane alongside of, uh, I guess Matt Stage and was there Matt Stage or Kabrowski was their center, but to have to have Kane instead of Ponikarovsky is a is a big upgrade, and to have a guy like Didn't Kane Ponikarovsky have like one really good year, and then they put I, him on, and then they put him on Team Ukraine. He was like the only team, the only guy who wasn't like a, a like a. It was him and Fedotenko. Yeah, who like weren't players on like the NHL video games who weren't made up <laughs> players. It was like Fedotenko and uh, Alexei Ponikarovsky were like the two yeah. actual. It's like uh, it's like Antropov, Antropov with Kazakhstan too. I guess yeah. I'll talk about Antropov later once we get to the fourth pick. Um, but yeah, he I guess Antropov also did play in Toronto. Uh, Ponikarovsky did have a good few seasons there, sixty-one points uh, the year like two thousand eight nine, and then twenty-nine, uh, two thousand nine ten. He also had a good season too. So. Um, so Evander, so Evander has had a really good year this last year. Like one, like very little penalty. Yeah, considering all all uh, things like all things considered too. Like considering everything he's going through. Like not to make him look like the victim with all the things. I, I'm not gonna talk about that just because like we don't know everything about all the stories. But considering he like you know filed for bankruptcy and then he he comes out and does that is is pretty good. He's also played like. So he started his career with the Atlanta Thrashers, and then he's a part of the um, the move to Winnipeg. The Jets for a bit. He's on he's on the Jets for a bit, and he's like, he, I don't want to say he kind of flames out with the Jets, but it doesn't work in Winnipeg. Yeah, it doesn't it, work, right? It, it doesn't really work. The Jets kind of like they give him four years, and then they move on. He's in Buffalo, and the Sabers are the Sabers. And he's and then he's with the Sharks. Um, I think he was a part of the uh, it was a, a trade deadline acquisition with the Sharks. And then it, like the Sharks just fall apart. Like the Sharks, yeah, are they just. Which I don't want to say like he's part of the reason why the Sharks are not good because he's like got a bunch of money tied up to him, but like. I don't know. I don't, he's not, he's not going 10th for me, like in the top 10, he's not going in the top 10 for me in this redraft, but we'll, 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 we'll have him go to Toronto seventh. Um, he can be a winger. Uh, uh, he, did you have him here? 20? Yeah, I have him 11th. I had him 11th to Nashville. Yeah. 11th, 11th. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. But I, I had him top 10 just because that's just a Toronto pick. They would pick a guy like that. It, it does work in the sense with that, like, you have Grabowski and Kessel as these like pure offensive guys, and you have Kane who can, you know, like stand up for him. And it's just kind of like it on paper that looks decent enough. And like considering what they were at that stage and that, that team, I don't think that's a bad pick at all. Can I just say it's, it's just a Toronto pick where you get this guy who's, yeah. Can I just say, uh, speaking of the Leafs at this time, um, 
do you know who the coach of Team USA was at the 2010 Winter Olympics? Was it Ron Wilson? It was. <laughs> and if 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 the U.S. scores and wins the game in overtime, and Canada loses, that's like such a fucking mind fuck for people to think that Ron Wilson could beat Mike Babcock, who Mike Babcock would play eventually down the line, you know, becomes the next Leafs. Yeah, head, where. Ron Wilson beats my, my Mike Babcock for a gold medal in the Olympics. I think that would have just been like I liked I liked Ron Wilson. I would have loved him so like he probably would have been the, he probably would have been the first guest on this podcast uh, <laughs> if he wins gold in Vancouver in 2010. Um, Obviously, that didn't happen. So and then he probably he and, well, then he also gets a five year extension, probably two from Brian Burke. Oh. <laughs> uh, my God, <laughs> let's just move to, we can move to Phoenix. We can move to Phoenix. Uh, we all want to move to Phoenix in a way. Uh, I mean, it's obviously nice. It's a nice place uh, for a bit until it turns to like uh, 50 degrees Celsius. Yeah. Until it becomes unlivable in the summertime. <laughs> yeah. Um, at sixth overall, uh, I had Braden Shen. I don't know if you, we've taken him. Ooh. Have we taken Braden Shen? I don't think we have yet. No, because oh, because I remember. Wow, that's that that is uh, that is higher than um I had him. Uh, I think it was like tenth or twelfth. I think you had Braden Shen, right? I had had Shen tenth to Edmonton. Tenth, yeah. Um, yeah. I I don't know. The past few years, I've really turned. I don't want to say a Braden Shen fan of some sort, but like he's turned my head. Where it's like the guy is actually a really good player. Um. My thought process for this was 2009, 10 Phoenix. I guess the year prior is pull up that like in the year before the draft. Oh my gosh. Uh, hockey reference, by the way. Thank you. I mean, I mean, give me an ad, but you, you saved my life as well. Um, 09, 10 season. They had a like the year after that draft, they had a really good season. They won 50 games and I think they lost to Detroit in game seven for all which playoff round that was, but I think it was probably first round going against Phoenix. I think that was the first round. And then I think it was the year after the one that the Kings went to the finals. They uh, Arizona was in the conference final. Well, Phoenix yeah. was in the conference finals and they were doing whiteouts. And that was like yeah. Shane Jones' best kick at the can for a, a <laughs> yeah, and it didn't work out. Um, Yeah. So, you know, 29-10 season. Uh, Really like, you know, 50 wins, but like, you know, there's no like, let me pull up. Come on. Oh, well, you know, is their best defenseman during those runs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. was like their best. Oh, yeah. and Keith Yandel. Yeah. Uh, Yandel, too. Um, But so, yeah, my thought process there, like, they have a good defensive core. You know, they still have Jovanovski, who's still pretty good. And you know, Yandel, you got, you got Adrian Acoin, too, who's still, he's on his last leg, but he's still there. Is the Bannock McCullough 27 there, too? Um, there's a few guys there that, like, you know, that, like, Derek Morris was a good defensive defenseman for a bit, and that, he was kind of just there where he was, he was playing hockey and that people thought he was good, but he wasn't really. Um, so yeah, 2010 season, they had a good season. Um, third in goals against, 15th goals for. Um, Braden Shen, I think, just fit in with that team style play. Like, that's just what it is to me. No one on that team even had 60 points and like 55 chained down and they're second division. They won 50 games, 107 points. It also helps that Gretzky wasn't the coach and it was Tippett. 
But yeah, that's why Tippett has his job now with Edmonton yeah. because of all he did in Arizona. And then when it didn't work out in Arizona, he just got the yeah. job in Edmonton. The other yeah. mention, uh, I don't know where he is right now. I'm going to stretch up where he is. But Don Maloney, who was the GM of the team at the time, he like yeah. th- there's a couple of good years of like draft classes with the Coyotes and good yeah. Like Mike Smith, like Mike Smith is on the uh, obviously. Uh, what's his name? Fucking Chica. That 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 kind of ruined it for him. Yeah, uh, for that piece of piece of shit. Um, yeah, but I think to to add Braden Shen to line up like that, like he, he remind he could play. He kind of plays like that Matthew Lombardi role, which like this season where he had like fifty points, seventy eight games, twenty seven years old. I think he could have turned out to be that player for Phoenix later down the line when inevitably, you know. I guess Martin Hansel leaves down the line too. And like Shane Doan is like 33 at this point. And like, you don't know how long he's got. So you have a guy like Braden Shen come in there who can like, not, I guess you, I don't know if it's really, you can't replace really like uh Shane Doan like that. You know what I mean? Like you can't replace a captain, but you can, you can be like, you can be like the next guy up kind of thing. And I think Braden Shen could have been that. Um, I obviously rate him much higher than you did, but I think he just fit in perfectly with their style of play he, he's a he's a phoenix uh coyote not an arizona type player now but like if he's a phoenix coyote type player at that time well when he um he reminded me of like darcy kemper like they kind of have like this sort of career type thing where it's like yeah it feels like a bit slow like you have to be really patient with brady braden shen like you gotta yeah. be patient with him and now all of a sudden like with st louis and philadelphia yeah like then it really started to take off for him and yeah, he started to become the player who we thought he could, but he had to wait like seven, eight years. Oh yeah, we waited a while, but I mean, obviously, he was worth the wait. He was part of the Stanley Cup winning team in 2019, and yeah, they don't win that cup without him, really. No, really and honest. that's just but, it. Like you have to be really patient with him. And I don't know how many teams have. I don't know if the Coyotes they might because they're you know supposed to be a good team. They might be patient with them. Yeah. But I don't know how many teams are patient. Same thing yeah. with Kemper, same thing with Shen. I don't know how many guys are patient with them. Yeah. So my, yeah, again, just again, just I guess to just finish off my point there, my thought process, just they had they had enough defense and like Braden Shen was good defensively and he brings goal scoring and and just good offensive. He's a decent offensive talent there. Um Paul Bissonette played 41 games that season. Uh Brezgal, that was Brisgal's best season. Is either that or the next season after. The Barbro is a good backup too. I think that was the year he left the Canucks. He was at Canucks previous season. And then he went to, or one of the other way around. I forgot. He may have went to the Canucks after Phoenix, but he also is a good backup. So they had a good goalie tandem there going too. So the goal score, the defensive wise is good for them. So I guess that Braden Shen wouldn't hurt. Um, Ryan Ellis, I have uh, six to Phoenix. Yeah. Again, that's also a good one too. So I, I because I figured like Ellis can just be like, they're basically better than Derek Morris. Well, Ellis, you're essentially like it's they take OEL, the Coyotes take OEL six at this yeah. time. So you're basically just trading offensive defensemen for really good back, you know, more back end support than yeah. what OEL gives you. Exactly. Um, I think, yeah, I think both picks are where obviously I think OEL worked for them, so they're not they're not complaining about that. Okay, number five. Uh, this is the LA Kings who took who they take at the time. Braden Shen. They took they took Braden Shen at the time. You see, yeah, yeah like Braden Shen was originally drafted a king. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you you picked yeah. So who'd you have for LA? Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne. You have yeah. You have a bit lower than I did. Okay. Um. So Matt Duchesne. The problem with Matt Duchesne. It's 
the contract thing in Nashville now. Yeah. We're like, man, like so good in Colorado. So good in Colorado. Yeah. I mean, on paper, he's also good in Ottawa too. Like he wasn't necessarily bad in Ottawa. He had his career year there, like on paper, like he had 90, I think he had 90 ish points. The Ottawa thing to me though, was like, I don't want to say it was a failure because it wasn't a failure, but like, I mean, I don't, I, again, obviously I think they should, they, Ottawa's mind was like, oh my God, we're a Stanley Cup contending team. But it's like, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Because like, oh my God, we're one goal away from going to the finals. And then, you know, like, let's, let's re-up, let's run it back turbo. And then we get Duchesne. And obviously that doesn't work. And then you have to keep for another season where he has a good year. And then you off him, which worked out for them, I guess, in the end. But so Duchesne uh, was traded to auto. Uh, so hold on. So the Avalanche acquired Samuel Girard, Vladislav Kamenov, and a second round pick in 2018 from the Predators, as well as Andrew Hammond, Shane Bowers, and first and third picks in 2018 from the Senators. I think it was and Byron. The, and, the, and the Predators acquired Kyle Turris. Yeah. And that's for Duchesne. And yeah. like Ottawa really screws the pooch. I oh, think, yeah, dude. With that deal. And a... I mean, they were fortunate to um, get two first round picks back from Columbus. Oh yeah, that that really did help them. <laughs> like it got to soften the blow, but I mean, still, it, it's a it was a rough rough time there. But th- that doesn't that doesn't uh, put off to the side what he did. Like Matt Duchesne did in his prime. That guy was a really good hockey player, and I think I guess yeah, in LA, I think he would have fit in fine. I my draft was like five six as I switch. I had OEL fifth, and I had six Braden Shen. Okay. Um. But yeah, yeah, I understand why you, you went with him there, though. Duchesne, um, you know, he, it's, again, tough with the Avs where they really, uh, they're going through some things yeah. at the time they trade him, which at the time, I don't, I, I get why you, you trade him, but I also don't know why you couldn't be patient if you're to Shane on one hand, like, you know, this team's good. You've been to the playoffs with this team. I don't know why you can't be patient and wait it out. Because yeah. now every day, you know, anytime you're not good one day, <coughs> like, then you want to get moved to a team that is good. Well, yeah. Okay. I don't know if he was ever the, the top, like he, he was never Crosby. He was never Tate. Oh, no, no. He was never, he was never like, I think he was an all-star player. Like at his prime for sure, like not even a doubt. But he was never like he was never like your like a franchise player is what you're trying to say, no. I guess, right? Like he's not a Crosby Taves, Dude McKinnon. You I, know, he, I don't know he, if you can build your team around him because we've seen like we're seeing what Nashville's doing with Duchesne and Turris. Yeah, and not even Turris isn't even there anymore. And, yeah, he's and he's not really. I don't know. I, he he probably has to just. I don't know if he got bought out this year. Last year, did he get bought out? Last year he was with Edmonton. Last year, uh, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see much for him in the future. But I mean, he had a good career too. Even if if he doesn't have another game in the NHL, um. But again, I, I Duchesne would have. I think he would have helped the LA Kings 
uh, in the playoff runs. But again, I guess, I don't know if you draft Duchesne, does it change the course of their team? Do they wait a bit longer? They don't go all out. They don't get, you know, you don't get Gabrick and, you know, Gabrick doesn't help you. You know, Gabrick doesn't get 20 points in the playoffs. You don't make it to the finals against the devils. So I don't know. It, it, it's, or I don't know. Well, fuck, I've mixed up the finals now, but Gabrick doesn't help you win the finals. I forgot what year it was. He, he got there, but. Yeah, like you know, does, it could. Well, I was gonna say, does Matt Duchesne help you? Uh, was it sweep or five games the Canucks in the first round in 2012? Stop. Well, you won the President's Trophy, dude. You could have, you could have, you could have went back to the finals. Nope, nope. Fuck that. <laughs> We're not going to do that. Eighth seed oh, Kings are like, we'll take that. Thank you. Um, yeah, and then they end up winning the cup as eight seed, which the Habs. I mean. I mean, they weren't really going to do this year, were they, against Tampa? I uh, know. Um, um, that's, that's a good pick. I had OEL. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a good pick. I I um, I guess. I That's why, yeah, Duchesne, uh, I, I like how – I think Duchesne is a top-five player in this redraft. It's just the Ottawa thing doesn't help him. But then he's also maybe redeemed when he goes to Columbus and he, like, they sweep the bolts in the first round with yeah, that. Yeah, right, like so, – so like I think I think yeah. it might be a wash with Duchesne <laughs> in his career trajectory. Yeah, um, Atlanta fourth overall. Yeah, Thrashers. Wow, this team's <laughs> so Thrashers. Um, not the Trashers. So I had Matt Duchesne there. Not the Trashers. The Thrashers. Sorry? Not the Trashers. Um, I had Matt Duchesne there just because. Uh, I don't see, you don't see Addis, don't see Antropov working out for like, he had 67 points, but come on, man. <laughs> it, it's, you're playing, I guess he played against Kovalchuk. He didn't even play like, he had, Kovalchuk had 10, like, he was over a point per game, only played 49 games. And then, you know, 76 games, 67 points, Antropov's up next. Like, it's really just Kovalchuk kind of, you know, Antropov's a good player. He's not a first line player. So, I mean, if you put, in my opinion, you put Duchesne there, it would have helped. Um, I guess I I think the obvious pick there would be OEL, um, which also I don't think does it doesn't hurt too much. Um, they have they have a few defensive guys there that like are pretty decent defensively. Hainsey for obviously you know you got Bogosian too, like a young Bogosian who just got picked top five in the draft previously. I think third probably. I think that's what it was. Um, you know a top you know this young Bogosian who's got to come in there. You got OEL and Bogosian there. You got Enstrom, you got Hainsey. You know that's a good top four. Like that's a, that's a pretty good top four. In hindsight, obviously, if you, if if Bogosian works out, but like it, like back then, if you're thinking about it. But and you got Johnny Aduya, right? So I I I see what I see. Uh, I see them taking OEL in that position. I guess. Okay. Obviously, I think you had him much, much lower than I did. I, I had him uh, originally at fifth anyway, so I still had him higher than like his actual original spot just because I did take into account how good he was in his prime. So, OEL, I think this, this is one of the, 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 the thing with the Thrashers is the fact that they are moving. Like, they are yeah. going to stay in Atlanta. Yeah. And... It's unfortunate because Kovalchuk and, and Heatley are the two biggest stars maybe that have ever played for this team. Yeah. And, and you know, when you're picking, was it fourth? Fourth overall. Draft, fourth overall, you're looking for a star. 
Again, and, that's just, yeah, I, I know where you're going to go with it. And I don't, like, you're not going to get a star in this draft at the fourth, like, unless you're really patient. But by the time the guys at four really, like, pan out, like you think they are, um, I mean, maybe Duchesne, maybe OEL. I just think by the time those guys actually pan out, you're already out the door to Winnipeg. Yeah. Again, like, I, I, that's the, I think the main thing that really did kill Atlanta was the drafting. Dude, that, that, that their drafting was absolute garbage. They really never drafted a good player besides Kovalchuk, did they? They were, besides Kovalchuk, it was really not much in there. Yeah, there, there's it, it's very underwhelming. The whole, yeah, the whole Thrashers franchise is yeah, underwhelming. It really was. A lot of it was the owner's fault, obviously. Um, drafting well, who they did and not putting enough effort in. They really were focused on the other teams that they owned besides that they the thrashes were last resort for them or last priority. Well and and that's why they drafted Evander Kane originally. Yeah. Like which with, I also don't think in, in hindsight, like looking at now, it's also not even a bad pick. That's actually a pretty decent pick. It, it's a solid pick. It's a little bit of a reach, but with Kane, I again you're looking for that star and you're thinking that this guy um you know, yeah. you can be like like a good, like a great power forward you want from yeah. this guy, right? Like a guy you can get, and maybe like, I don't think you can really expect more than, you know, 70, 75 points from a guy who plays that sort of style. Like, but I, like he could have become that, which is a star too. Like, I think you could argue like his peak would be like near prime Jamie Ben. Like if he, that's what they were kind of expecting, that kind of level, I'm assuming, which obviously they expect from every fucking player they draft. They probably expected Bogosian to be a, top like defensive defenseman and obviously that didn't fucking work so i don't know that's just atlanta just pissing me off just because they they really just messed up again essentially they messed up the first time with the flames and they messed up again with this team well and and what i guess what i was trying to get at too is the fact that evander kane when they took him was a guy who scored a bunch in junior with the vancouver giants won a memorial <laughs> cup and i i think too like 10 years ago where you like people really value trophies. Yeah. Like if you win a mem cup, like that should mean something where now I guess McKinnon was the last one where it really helped solidify this dude's like draft stock where otherwise. Yeah. And then again, like, yeah, like, sorry, finish. I kind of got you off. I was going to say like, I don't know if the mem cup has really, or being like, you know, Nick Patan, I think was like, uh, like, oh, not, Nick Patan. Yeah, Nick Patan was like a really big star for yeah. Winterhawks. Scored like over 100 points multiple times. And look at where Nick Patan is. Like, yeah. I mean, you could even like just the, like the Mooseheads team again. Like, you just talk about Duran as well. Like, yeah, I mean, not to say that he's bad. He's a, he's a top six guy. Oh, yeah. But he's not, he's not like, you know, people expected him to be like near McKinnon's level. Yeah. You expect like, so, you know, I see what, like, I see what, what it was like 10 years ago. Obviously, like, you see this guy who's, you know, won a Memorial Cup and you want to, like, and he's a, he's a tough guy. He can score goals. Like, it's a good pick. And I, even now, I still don't, I don't mind that pick. That's actually probably one of their best picks in their history, honestly. Like, probably top three. I wouldn't be surprised if Vander Kane was probably one of their best picks they've ever had. Probably top five, anyways. Um, yeah. You- um, but yeah, I, I had Duchesne, but we went to OEL, which also, like, to have prime OEL, probably at this point, they're going to be in Winnipeg. Like, so that's you, pretty good. And so like, you got, you to have got, OEL and like, like maybe Bufflin around, like if that worked out, if that have ever happened afterwards. So you have OEL fourth. 
Yes. Okay. I went it was, with it was he he was like he was in sorry. I went with Robin Laner fourth. Robin Laner. Um, I think I had him like I think I had him like uh we already picked him, did we? Yeah, did, already, maybe yeah, maybe yeah. the guy we missed. Yeah. Yeah. So, He's the Islanders, yeah. So pretty much with I, I, I my my reason for taking Laner was again they needed a goalie. I thought they need like, yeah. especially when they moved to Winnipeg, like that was the thing that was tough. Like, yeah. who is their goal? Andre Pavlik and Chris Mason were like their goalies for a while. And no offense to yeah. Chris Mason, but like, yeah, yeah, that, that that's also no, that's a good thought process too. Cause even I was looking at that as well. Uh, I still put Leonard much lower. Not, I, I still believe today he's like a top five, 10 goalie, but I, uh, I put them much lower just because I feel like the forwards were much more needed for the, those teams more than the goalie was. Um, but uh, the reason I never ended up going with a goalie for Atlanta was just because they did have Pavlik. It was, he was only 22 years old. And at that time you might just be like, you know, you don't know much. Like you played 42 oh, no, you games and he had a nine Oh six. And as a 22 year old, that's not bad considering who you, you know, you're playing it like Boris Valbeek is one of your defensemen. So yeah, you're being, <laughs> there you're you being, go. Right. You're being um, the Hedberg. Pavlik. I see why, like, sorry. You're being patient with Pavlik, which is like totally understandable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's why I never like the Pavlik thing is why I never ended up going with the goalie there. Um, yeah. Originally Duchesne OEL works too. Like OEL was either four five, six for me, but it was one or the other. It was kind of like all over the place there. I just kind of try to see what, like what the team needed. Can, can I just say uh, Robin Laner has the fourth most point shared from this draft class behind OEL. Sorry. Leonard has the fourth most point shares in this draft class. Sorry, I didn't hear anything. Leonard has the fourth most point shares in this draft class behind OEL. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. That, that's right. <laughs> that's, I, I think, yeah, I think Leonard probably like, overall is probably like a top like five dead player in this draft. I just believe the goalies weren't the main thing that the team needed at this point. The, sure. but the, I'm just looking at what the team's outlook was at this point. And I just feel like, yeah, I just think that letter would have been much lower like teams. Like, cause I think like Kadri, you know, like they still letting in there in Dallas when I like, that was my redraft there. And then I don't know, I guess the Oilers, they had some, they had some bullshit going on, but they, they had happy. Oh, the Oilers could always use a fucking goalie. They need, yeah. they need a goalie now. But then like, you know, you bring in Javi Bullen and you think, oh, that you might, he's, you know, he's this Convivialin will fix it. Yeah. But yeah, that didn't work. But yeah, that's what I had for fourth there. OEL. Um, this is my pick number three. Yes. Colorado originally I, took Matt Shane. I think, we, I think we have, we should have, I think, like a fairly. I think we know who the top three in this draft are. Yeah, it's pretty obvious here. I think so. Number three, I have Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, same. Um, led the Blues to the 2019 Stanley Cup. Was yeah, the con one Smythe, of what was the con Smythe winner? I think thank almost the Blues fans should be like almost thankful that it's um, uh, O'Reilly and not Jordan Bennington. Yeah, honestly, yeah, that's a good um. Yeah, Matthew, or Matthew Shane. Matthew Shane was originally there. Uh, O'Reilly, same guy I had. One of the best uh, defensive forwards in the league, even still. And, you know, he's done so much. He did so much for St. Louis, and he continues to play at, like, an elite level. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I He should be on the fourth line 
for Canada, I'd say the Olympics next year. Probably. I mean, the, the yeah, again, I, I, yeah. With, with O'Reilly too. The other thing, again, he starts out in Buffalo. Like, isn't him and Leonard on the same team? Uh, yeah, I think they're on the same team at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, and the fact that the Sabers couldn't fucking put it together with <laughs> like two of the two of five players in this redraft for me, two of ten players yeah. in this redraft for you. Yeah. And the it's just like, like you, you, you have to, I mean, be- that's just a lot of teams in this league. They're just, there's some teams that can't do it. Edmonton is the biggest example. <laughs> they just have top pick after top pick after top pick. And then you just, you can't do anything with it. You, you get the best know. player in, in hockey and like, like in so long. And like, you could argue since literally like Crosby primes and like all this stuff, you get like the best hockey player in the world. And you still can't do it. You can't even win a game against Winnipeg. It's well, like, you, should- you know, so I, I should say O'Reilly was with Colorado to start his career. Yeah. So again, like it worked out, and I guess with that as well. With 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 the Avs, he then goes to Buffalo. So Riley traded alongside Jamie McGinn to the Sabers for Nikita Zorov, <coughs> Mikhail Grigorenko, JT Comfer, and the thirty and the thirty first pick in a twenty fifteen draft, which turned out to be. Jeremy Waugh from Shearbrook. Yeah, so obviously that trade didn't work out for them too well. I mean, they got JT Comfer, who's still on the team still to this day. So yeah, that didn't go well for the Avs. He then signed a seven-year extension with Buffalo. So that didn't really uh, go well. But then then (laughs) O'Reilly was traded to the Blues in exchange for Tage Thompson, Vladimir Sabotka, Patrick Burke. No games. He left. A 2019 first-round pick and a 2022 second-round pick on July 1st, 2018. Who's the 2019 pick? Uh, I'm just searching that up now. 2019. Um, but yeah, so like Berglund retired the next season really early into his career. Not like early. He was in his 30s, but like he retired much earlier than he needed to. Uh, I think he cited, uh, I forgot the reason. It wasn't mental issues. I think it was just his love for the game or something where he went, so he went back home and played. And then Sabaka, he left after the season ended. Uh, that pick, that the first round pick in 2019, that was after the uh, Blues won the cup. Yeah. So 31st pick in the first round. And that was uh, the, the Sabres used to take Ryan Johnson, uh, uh, who's now playing for the University of Minnesota. What's his uh, stats like? What are you looking like? Um, he had 14 um, points in 26 games with the Golden Gophers this year. Mm, he, eh. he was on the... Uh, yeah, he was. He was on the uh, uh, World Juniors team this year for a team. Yeah, year. so, uh, yeah, that's why... Like, I, th- I think he could become a good, like... Like, I think his peak's like a th- second line... Second line player there, second, third line. He'll, de- he'll definitely get his time, especially in Buffalo. They, 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 can, they might as well just play him this year at this point. <laughs> Um, I guess my point is, uh, with, um, O'Reilly really be patient with him. Cause this guy is a silky dude pretty much every year. Yeah. He, he'll be silky dude probably for like the remainder of his like prime in probably going out of his prime, like yeah. on his old downward trek. I still imagine he's going to be like top 10 voting until he's retires at this point. The guy, him and Bergeron are the, like the pinnacle of like defensive forwards right now. Yeah. I think like probably like 
I think like the Mount Rushmore of Selkie winners is like Dotsu, Burrs, Drawn, O'Reilly. Then you probably put one more guy in there. Taves. Taves. That's it. Like, I guess for like this, like 2000s beyond, I shouldn't yeah. say. I shouldn't, because I don't know about before, but like 2000s beyond, the last, that's the road. For the last decade. Yeah. Even, even the, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even Dotsu. Like, when Dotsu left, he was still probably he was, he's kicking he's been kicking ass in russia for like the last yeah he's years. like 42 now like he might even make the olympic team that guy's good and especially because they, they they're like they won't have kuznetsov to the coke stuff and like i don't know about panarin considering all those uh political issues he's had um but yeah he might even make the team so uh o'reilly third uh to call uh call uh is it colorado yeah so yeah he stays with colorado yeah yeah um yeah, yeah, yeah. Colorado in this fucking draft gets Matt Duchesne third <laughs> overall, and then um, Ryan O'Reilly thirty third overall, and then Tyson Berry sixty fourth overall. Like, hold it. I mean, hey, it, like it, it worked out, and then we're like now there's now like a contender ten years down the line, but even like I could say like six, even seven, eight years down the line, there were there's now a couple contenders a few years back too, arguably. But well like when you draft players, like sure you want all your picks to turn out well. But like but it never happens like that really. It never it? happens like that. Like you're hoping for like two or three guys who can become NHLers, yeah. right? That that's why I always like the only again, I always say this, I feel like every podcast now. The only reason, the only thing I have of Benning that I like is the guy can draft like that core. Like obviously it's like the the you know, it's it's the scouter, is the scouting guys, but Benning's team that he's put there has drafted amazingly. We always get like we got Rathbone. I think Yanni Yermo might be a pretty good guy. We got uh, last year the prior in the third round. So like we get all these guys. That like on like they look like they're good. Like Rathbone might be your defenseman who plays this year. Yermo's been looking good where he's playing. I I that's one thing with the Canucks that uh, I always uh, always uh, thought we needed, and we got that with Benning. Um, Vertanen, I I don't give him shit for that because he kind of just got thrown in for that. But after that, he did good. Okay. Uh, uh number two. You have number two. This is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Number. Number two, Tampa Bay Lightning select Victor Hedman from Moto Hockey in the Swedish Elite League. Uh, I I take him too. I, I I think that one hasn't changed for me. Um, five hundred eighteen points, eight hundred. You, wait, you so you you have him. You have him second. Uh, yeah, I, I have. Yes, I have Hedman second overall. Um, I I I my thought process like. I guess do we talk about the number one pick now? I guess we so let's talk, talk about, about the number one pick. Okay. Yeah. Because... So number one, do you have John Tavares there, or you have Hedman? I have Hedman. You have Hedman. Ooh. Um, the reason I put Victor Hedman at second, my thought process was still Islanders. They need a, they want a franchise center. They don't want a defenseman because they obviously, they, in that, that time they had the pick of who they want, like um, who they want. Like, do you want your franchise defenseman? What do you want? Yeah. And they went with the franchise centerman. And I mean, they never really went far in the playoffs until now when he left, obviously, which is weird. But I'm thinking about it at the time. Like, yeah, you got to take Tavares. Like, yeah, even now, I still think, like, you know, I think if they do things differently around Tavares, it works out. They just, that's their problem. Like, you know, Matt Molson, I know he had, he had a good time there. He can't be the guy there, though. You can't, you can't have guys like that. Pozo. You got to have, like, four... oh, that one's a rough one because he. <laughs> P.A. Barrett yeah. was actually good for, like, oh, yeah, he was good. But, like, you know, again, you want, you need, you know, McKinnon has Rantanen, right? Like McKinnon has Rantanen. You know, Crosby has Gensel. Tavares has Parento. 
like he's good but come on right like you know what i mean i kind of understand what i'm trying to get at there so, yeah so yeah, that's why i went with Tavares at first and then you had you had uh headman at first i see why you'd want to go there i just feel that islanders needed that and in tampa they still have Vinny. they i don't know if they've got stamkos yet i think they've drafted stamkos by now he's probably playing at this point he, he was drafted the year before wasn't he yeah so yeah oh wait yeah so you know you got look Vinny still is good like he's still pretty decent and you got stamkos I, like i don't know if Tavares fits in with that they they needed that headman guy because I, I i don't know who else they even had on defense there like they got old a few a few years later but I don't know. Yeah, See, I, I just go, I think my draft strategy, if I was a GM, would be yeah. take the best player available. That, that which is also, it, it works out in a lot of cases, but it also, you and never I, know, like, yeah. And, and I, well, I was going to say, like, I think Hedman is a better player than Tavares. Uh, I guess, yeah, like, yeah, now. Um, I guess, like, if I see what you're trying to get out there, yeah. Um, Hedman probably is the best player in this draft for sure. Um, but you, you kind of understand my thought process. Of oh yeah. I think like, if you're like team building, you would probably be a better GM than myself because you're, you know, <laughs> you're team building better instead of just like, fuck, yeah. take the best player available. <laughs> <laughs> no, if it's best player available, it's Victor Hedman by far. So I understand why you go with number one. And again, if you take Victor Hedman with the Islanders, like imagine Victor Hedman on that team now with that core, let's be managed to keep all those guys this year. That's the best defensive core arguably of the generation that that defensive core well the thing too is that with headman it's like there's there's like he's like career high 72 points in 79 games in 16 17 70 points as a defenseman like yeah pretty- and he's like top five like defensively too it's not like he's bad defensively which is what that's like like that was like Adam Fox, like last season, where like a lot of people thought, like, oh, he's good offensively, but he's bad defensively, even though he is actually one of the best defensively. Too. Underlying That's stats will tell you. Underlying stats will tell you that Adam Fox is actually yeah. a really good defender. But <coughs> sorry, underlying stats will actually tell you that Adam Fox is really good defensively. If only you want to pay attention, but no, just keep saying that he's, you know, yeah, and same with like, yeah. Same with like Makar and like literally every like, like the reason like you like, oh, I hate that. I think it's like the Barry effect is what I could call it, where it's just like, oh, he's good offensively. He probably sucks defensively, but that's not always the case. You know, I guess Christian Ehrhoff's one case where like you could say that too. Like he wasn't bad defensively, but he was, he could be, a, he could have been a liability when he was on the Canucks, right? So the other there's thing- a lot of cases of that. I just think that Hedman was a good fit for Tampa and J- JT Islanders. Like if they changed, if they don't give him Molson and Ocposo again, no, no disrespect to those guys. They were great hockey players, but PA Parento. I don't know. I, PA Parento, dude. You got Anders Lee, Tavares, Barzell, like earlier, and like, and you have a better team around him. Then you know, you know, who knows what happens. You have that. Imagine Tavares now with Barzell, and and you have the same core. Obviously, that just never will happen, just due to like salary cap issues and stuff. Just I'm just trying to like think about it in like in a different world. The thing about JT that he's got going for him, he's just short of a career uh, point per game, like 819 yeah. points. Oh, yeah, he's only like 50 points off. And like a lot of it was due to like, you know, he comes back from injury and he's like probably not at 100% because, you know, he probably comes back to, to like New York and like they're like, oh, you got to gotta play. We suck. We need something. Well, and and, and he's never had a season below 50% uh, Corsi 4. Yeah. 
even on those Islanders teams, like he's always had yeah. a 50% or more uh, Corsi. Um, yeah, which is all you got to remember, like as a rookie to have that is also like as like a young player, yeah. like 19 coming into the league and doing that is, is amazing. His postseason stats aren't great. He has the one run with the Islanders. And I know this year, like this past <laughs> season, didn't yeah, the well because of he got injured in the first game. But, but like even, yeah, sorry, you finished what you're going to say. But I mean, he, he's he's way over, I think he's way over qualified to be playing the position that he is right now in Toronto. Oh, yeah, he's, he should be a, he's probably a first line center in like not 80% of teams. Yeah, like like, like he, he could be a first line center for, um yeah, eight, quite a number of teams, right? Um, But yeah, like this season was considered a bad season for him and he had 50 points in 56 games. Yeah. In a year where like Matthews and Marner like were leading the like leading the show, like uh, Tavares didn't really get a chance, and it was only like later in the year, obviously like Nylander turned it up and like it helped him bring it back to. Um, but yeah, if Tavares was playing the playoffs this year, the Leafs look better, and I don't know if they lose the games they do. And I I, I still blame the Leafs for that all that bullshit because they're like, oh, we have depth this year, and then you know Galchenyuk comes in, plays good, and then he he throws the game for him in game six or whatever the game was then or game five when Suki and Caulfield had that breakaway. So, you know, yeah, you have all this depth and like they should, they should still win with that team against Montreal without Tavares. I know it's a captain and it's a big deal, but yeah, I don't want to get back to the Leafs shitting on again. <laughs> and, and the other thing I want to mention with Hedman, so they won, he's won back-to-back cups. Uh, Hedman, even while injured by, I don't know, for most of the year, I think this past year, he hasn't been 100% healthy. Yeah. Um, and it, it doesn't suck that it ended the way it did. But I, again, I still think he, he's like, that's, that's like, the th- I always think of this with a lot of players too, where it's like, if, imagine like, imagine Tavares put in McKinnon's spot where he's playing alongside Landis Cog and, and, and ranted in. Like, I always think like he could be like, the, the him, Tarasenko always thought like could he put him against like with like, like Backstrom or someone someone who's like an elite playmaker like you know he, he had 40 goals a season you know with I don't even know who the center was Braden Shen like you know he's getting near 40 goals with Braden Shen yeah you put prime Vladimir Tarasenko with Backstrom you know like I don't know you know Vetchkin, I guess but maybe, maybe that makes it worse but you put him with, like a great playmaker that's a, that's the thing I've even I guess I mean Tavares is more of a sniper like Two like he's a, he's a bit of both, but you know I guess Tavares Tarasenko there like that's 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 one thing I guess I always thought about players like that like if they were like Barzal right now too like Barzal is getting a hundred points on most teams in this league it's just the, the way he plays he kind of only gets eighty he only gets point per game. I just wanted to mention on Hedman, so Hedman's won the cup back to back. Yeah, in twenty twenty one this past playoffs he averaged. Oh. 24 point 24 42 average time on ice yeah in 2020 during the bubble during those playoffs he averaged 26 28 average time on ice per game and he wasn't 100 all year this year yeah just oh. one sec uh victor hedman is the only nhl player that has a goal in every single month of the year exactly there you go. That's so, why. You there you go. And that's what you take him number one. <laughs> he scored. He, uh, he scored big goals in July and August. Who else can you understand <laughs> that? Yeah. Again, Ross, like, Ross, that, that. Ross Colton. I don't think so. He <laughs> scored in August. Get that shit out of here. And unless another 
fucking weird season like this ever happens again, you're never seeing that record get broken. So that's a weird record that only he will hold probably for the rest of eternity, unless this shit happens again, which probably will, honestly. Well, uh, global warming will probably be the next fucks us all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, today's Blue Jays game is postponed. Uh, <laughs> global warming is the reason cited. You get a global warming delay mid-game. It's like 60 degrees. Forest Fires and Barry are postponing uh, today's Blue Jays game, even though there is Forest Fires in Regina. There's no trees around, but everything's just every tree is burning. Like the four trees we have are burning. All the fields are on fire. BMO Field does not exist anymore. Sorry, TFC. <laughs> we will currently be playing inside. We're going to start playing futsal inside of Air Canada Center or Scotiabank Center. We have switched um, to MLF Major League Football. I'd watch that. Uh, that be funny. 2009 NHL draft. So, what are your final thoughts after doing this draft? What What do you What uh, do you, when you look back on this draft? What do you think about the most? Oh, nine draft. What I think about uh, it, underwhelming. That's what it was to me. All these guys like Glennie. I remember Cowan. Pi RV was meant to Pi RV like Edmonton. I guess I always got that. Like, I remember watching Canucks game as a kid, like, oh, a new guy, Pyarvi's in. And then obviously that didn't work out. You know, Hall, I really, all those guys, at least they like played well, whereas he never really even did much. He was kind of a liability out there. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of guys. Um, shout out to, I guess you can shout out a few guys who are just barely out of it on. on I, I'll, I'll, Kukov. Gonna, I was going to say, I'm going to shout out my uh, Everett Silvertips, Cameron Abney, and yeah. Byron Fraze. Kulikov. Kyle Palmieri, who could have easily been in the top like fifteen. In I had Kyle. Thing. Where did I, where did I have Palmieri? I had Palmieri sixteenth. Yeah, I I didn't have him at all. Okay. And that's no that's no disrespect to him. It's just like I think if there's anywhere I could have put him, it may have been in the spot that Silverberg and right now because I think right now Palmieri is a better player than Silverberg is. So I, if I were to switch it, I would have put Silverberg. I just think that Silverberg has more potential than him to score more goals. I just think that. Since he's been playing where he has been, you never really get the full potential of him. Um, Orlov, he's another guy that like he's kind of like a Nick Letty too, and that you know what I mean. Nick, like Vatnin in his prime too was a really good offensive defenseman, really sought after. Even that, like even just a few years back, he's a really sought after defenseman. Um, Sazikis as well, Casey Sazikis. He's another guy who's on the World Junior Team. Um, he's been he's a, like on the fourth line, the best fourth line hockey. And he continue. He still will be. Um, but yeah, he's a he's a good player too to have. Um, I don't Co- know I, Co- Cody Eakin. I haven't given up on yeah. Cody Eakin yet. Yeah, I, I kind of did. <laughs> That's why I never put him on here. But uh, in his prime, he was a good player. I think ever since the the Pavelski thing, it really kind of went downhill, which also wasn't his fault. I still, I'll, I don't know if I'll die on that hill, but I, I I'm on that hill where it's like you know that's not Eakin's fault. He, he, no, his, well, he can like he might make the top thirty redrafted. He might. Make oh, he would 30. for sure. He might make top thirty redrafted in this uh, in this redraft, but he he doesn't make the top twenty. Yeah. Um. No, for sure. Um. Prime again. Prime Vatnin or Love too. Like I mean, he's still in his prime, arguably. But like those guys are pretty good hockey players. Kulikov still like even last year with Edmonton. I didn't think he was that bad. I think it was a good acquisition. Uh, didn't work out. Obviously, didn't win shit. But I don't know. You know, you can add like Craig Smith in there, Marcus Johansson. There's a lot of guys in there that like you know they're good players. Kyle Clifford, even. 
Well, Clifford and Cassian have their own, like... Yeah, it's just like, oh, they're there. Obviously, I think Cassian was meant to be the, the more offensive guy and it end up being that they're kind of similar. Clifford, definitely the more uh, more tougher, I guess, the the more the more feisty guy of the two, um, but end up changing later on in the career where Clifford became like a, this, this like a defensive guy, where, which I don't know if he really even was good defensively. I haven't seen the, his analytics on that, but Cassian's more of a, you know, I guess a fighting Kachuk guy and, you know, getting carried by McDavid guy like Maroon. Um, other guys I want to mention on this draft. Um, yeah, Ben Sherrod. Ben Sherrod, Brian Dumoulin. Brian Dumoulin, uh, Marcus Foligno. Yeah, he had a good season this year too. And Ben Sherrod did too until the finals. So those are two guys. So Marcus Marcus Kruger, I, I like Marcus. Yeah. Marcus Kruger was a big part of the Blackhawks runs that they don't mention. Stanley Cup champion, champion as he was the like penalty kill just specialist, just fucking killed it on penalties. Um, Lyndon Bay <coughs> in this draft, former Medicine Hat Tiger. Lyndon. Yeah, he went the Canucks for a bit. I think he's still in the KHL. He was actually killing in the KHL last time I checked. Um, hasn't played for- in the NHL since 2017. Yeah, he was a guy I always thought like could you know he could have he could pan out, but he never ended up doing it. He was still a decent enough player. I just didn't think he he really wasn't NHL level for what he was because he was more of an offensive guy and never really worked out. But yeah, like in 2020, he had a 48 point season, 52 games with CSK Moscow. He's in St. Petersburg right now. Looks like a second or third line, third or fourth line guy now. But yeah. Um, speak and speaking of uh, Edmonton picks, Anton Lander. <sighs> He was the one where he kind of reminded me of like, I thought he would have been like, he reminded me of Armia. I don't know what it was. Him and Armia kind of reminded me of like a similar guy. Like Armia was taking pretty high too, but Lander, I don't know if Lander was, was he taking high? Uh, he was taking 40th overall. Yeah. So Armia was taking like top 15, 20, I'm pretty sure. Um, um, but yeah, I always thought like him and like, I never thought like Armia would end up being like that first line guy. They made that team in Iwana, but like he could have been like a second, third line guy, which is what I thought with Lander, but that never worked out. Lander uh, played 215 games in his career, NHL career, 35 yeah. points, 10 goals, 25 assists, uh, minus 41, and he had negative uh, 0.8 point shares. Okay. Yeah, I just remember the main reason a lot of my knowledge from back then was like I'd see these guys in NHL 11 or something or playing GM mode, and I'm like, oh, I'll Google them, and then I'll actually look at their like stats. Like I wouldn't obviously back down in 11, so I'm just looking at like, his plus minus because I always thought like plus minus was this is like this like this god tier stat and obviously that's now, a big deal but it's a big deal plus minus yeah it's like oh you have a hundred points you have you have one hundred fifty points in eighty games Bond, you're minus ten you suck <laughs> that was my eleven year old thought process but yeah I I always thought Lander was a guy who could have made like a third or fourth line uh with his potential back in in NHL old games but it never ended up working. Um, yeah, so that's our 2009 NHL redraft pod. Yeah. Uh, we're we gonna a few, be- few similar picks in there. We got a few like O'Reilly we had, obviously, I guess. Kemp, we started off early with a lot of same picks too, like Kemper and all that. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe if I'm really ambitious, I probably won't be, but maybe if I'm really ambitious, I'll make a graphic and uh, have our picks on said graphic. Maybe Ooh. I'll do that later. I'll do that later yeah. when, I, when I'm when i not so uh, bunched with stuff. As I, <laughs> as I say that, as if I'm not going to be bunched with stuff <laughs> two weeks from now. 
next week, next 10 days, we'll probably do our 2014 yeah. NHL redraft pod as we uh, get closer to the season. Uh, next week, Scott and I are going to be doing a Metro Division preview as well as a, a Ryder Cup golf preview uh, for our, the podcast next week. Yeah. So uh, lots of hashtag content coming up <laughs> for Speak Your Peace. Uh, Thankfully, Rauch- I think 2014 will be much more interesting than this draft. Uh, there's a lot of better players in that draft than there were in this draft. Maybe not so overall. Tough. Maybe not so top heavy. Like maybe, maybe not so top heavy. Maybe uh, probably probably pasta. Pasta is top five there instead of thirtieth yeah. or twenty fifth. You know, there's a lot of pick, but it's more interesting. You know, Ekblad and stuff. Is Ekblad still number one? I really uh, liked. I, I really liked Ekblad. Yeah, it, it didn't work out for a while, but obviously this year, besides the injury, uh, it worked out great. Um, is Jacob Verona going to be a top ten pick? Who knows? <laughs> you never know. He actually might be. Um, yeah. For obvious reasons. Uh, yeah. That's the podcast. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Thank you. Be sure to check us out on Spotify. Who's your, who's your, uh, who's, who do I bet on tomorrow? Cowboys? Uh, I think your parlay is the Steelers, Cowboys, Cardinals, Seahawks. Who's my money line pick for my $20 free bet? Cowboys? I think it's Cowboys. Probably Cowboys. Probably Cowboys. Cowboys, fuck it. Cowboys. Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? And then Stephen A. Smith when he like when they lose tomorrow or Sunday. Yeah. And Stephen A. Smith on like Sunday night or Monday is just be like, I told you, you dumbasses. <laughs> you root for the shit team. And then Our first take without Max. Bring well, back he, Max Kellerman. Yeah, well, he got Max out of there. He didn't want to work with Max anymore. Yeah. Stupid. Uh we I, I love I love that. how I love it how player player empowerment has now moved its way into sports media when like you know steven is just like no nah, i don't want to work with this guy anymore or trade me yeah and, and then like uh, and honestly max was half the reason i watched that show most of the reasons to be honest more than he was never forget the ego dollar moment yep all right that's the podcast listen to us on spotify apple Podcasts. Yes. uh subscribe YouTube. to the youtube channel like this video on youtube thank you again for all your support it's greatly appreciated we'll be back again soon Peace out. See ya.